run. Here they come, they about to blast on us. The black nerds, birds are rush. Y'all turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These brilliant birds give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to Big T. <laughs> I'm Martin. And I'm Stevie. And we're Bloods Are Us. Welcome to episode 193. I want to say 93. Normally I check beforehand, but this time I failed to do so. Um, but I'm fairly confident that's the right number. If I'm wrong, you know, I'll just edit that later. No, not edit it later, but I will... Wrap you know up. you ain't editing shit. Oh, please <laughs> do. Please do like a really bad cut and paste uh, like... Uh, Oh, it's episode 94. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, this is episode 194. So we're actually six episodes away from episode 200. Um, so what? Yeah, we're, we're doing well, man. We're Mental. Going through a lot. All right. So today, uh, we our main event, which we'll talk about right at the end, is the Godzilla versus King Kong movie that came out recently. Um, the kaiju fights. Yes. And, you know, it wouldn't be a kaiju episode without bringing in a specialist our kaiju expert in our community. We are joined once again by Daniel Hartnett. I'm here to give you all the lowdown. All the stats about all the kaiju you've never heard of. Yes. (laughs) This guy knows his shit, man. Like, I met him in Chicago, went around to his house, and we watched uh, some old school Godzilla movie. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, I watched some Ultraman for the first time. Um, Yep. I believe I had him on to review Ultraman. Mebius, maybe, or was that me on your episode? Uh, you were on my show for Mebius. I was on your show to talk about the first season of the Netflix uh, oh, anime, and we also go. talked about Godzilla 2014 on that episode. Yes, there you go. So yeah, I bring this guy in when it's anything to do with any monsters over like I don't know six foot because he just knows his shit. Um, but there is a lot to get through today. There's a lot of news um, to get through. Um, so let's just move on to our week. And actually, I'm gonna start with our guest. Like, is there anything other than Godzilla? Is there anything interesting you're watching? Any anime? You know, have you bought any new figures? Because I know you have like a shit ton of really cool like Transformers figures and stuff like that. Uh, no new Transformers figures since the new year, but I finally last week my uh, 25 centimeter Iris figure from Gamera 3 1999 arrived, but I ordered that back in like September. So that finally showed up, which was nice. Um, anime, uh, you know, I was keeping track of and was following Ruby uh, Volume 8, and it concluded last week. So uh, finished watching, finished this new uh, series of it, or volume of it right, how, um, how, how would you rate the season compared to others because i actually forgot about ruby season eight because um i didn't have the rooster teeth like premiere so i had to like wait wait an extra week and i was just like ah oh, i'm I, just gonna wait for them to like all load up and i completely forgot about it um so before you know we move we, i get, get bleh, let me try it again before i ask you what you rated it 
Um, we at Blurs Rust have a very unique rating system. We call it the chicken rating system. If we think something's absolutely dead, it gets bones. There's a quarter chicken, half chicken, three piece. If it's a creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. So how would you rate Ruby season eight? Um, I would rate it somewhere between a half chicken and a three piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite at the level of a three piece, but I think uh, the last like two seasons and now that like plots really kicking back in and we have a lot more conflict going on, you know, like volume yeah, I agree. four, five and six had a lot less going on. They were more character driven. We have plenty of characters still, but plots really kind of kicking in and getting into serious business. So mm-hmm. it's picking up on that end for sure with it. And there's some crazy shit that happens in this volume by the end of it that is left unresolved so it's i'm very curious to see though it's gonna have to wait like almost a year to get to volume yeah. nine and see what's going on i might i didn't know you watch ruby as well bro i've been talking about ruby like since day one what are you talking about I, i've been telling you oh now watch ruby season seven have you seen ruby blah blah i've watched it since <laughs> season one or whatever and now you're telling me yeah, i clearly forgot you know why i watch ruby i clearly yeah. forgot so what, oh, what, how dare you. what did you think of season eight? Like I said, I'm gonna watch it eventually. But what what did you think of season eight? Then, mind what's your rating for it? Um, so, uh, all right. So with season eight, it's picked up a bit. Um, I think the last two seasons I've picked up in terms of um, in terms of action, which is what brought me into Ruby in the first place. Um, just the fight scenes. Um. The last couple of seasons as well had um, a lot of sort of character-driven moments in there, just, you know, a lot of world-building still. Um, so this is sort of like come to the climax of that, of all of, of, all of that. Um, and saying that, though, the story didn't really grip me as much as uh, previous ones. Um, some really cool fight scenes in there and everything. Um, I, have, I also have to echo the point that, yeah, there's a, there's some unresolved... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the 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 seasons sort of like left me with a few unresolved things here and there, yeah. um, especially with a particular character. Um, so, um, in saying that, I think I'll give it a three piece. You know, yeah. I for for me, I don't think it's it's like board, it's borderline three piece. I'm, I'm gonna give it a three piece. Um, but it's it, but the way I feel about it is that it's, it's middling between uh, half chicken and three piece. But yeah. How's um? I know they. Ch- I want to say they changed the voice actor in season seven, but how's he getting on? Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. Uh, Crow. Yeah, how's he doing? How's the voice actor it's, like? It's fine. You know, yeah. it's you can tell there's a little difference there, but for the most part, it's it's fine. I think that, in my honest opinion, that the only real problem with the new voice actor is that because they are definitely. I think doing that voice and getting it close to uh, Vic Mignogna's voice is mm. a bit strenuous for them. So you they do, you don't get to have the same volume range and emotive range at times. He's very a bit more muted, but also the last two volumes have kind of made sense for his character to be a bit more muted mm-hmm. um, than less like, you know, over the less like loud or anything yeah. so i think that that's it's played into it but i'm curious to see when push comes to shove if the guy can actually pull it off or not mm. yeah because crow crow is like my favorite character in like the early early seasons he was just a fucking cool badass kind of guy um but yeah any, any, anything else you've been up to or watching um as i was talking with you a couple days ago i did finally get around to watching the first episode of pacific rim the black mm-hmm. and that i at least just based on, I'll I'll get to finishing the rest of it, but like, off first impression, 
I'm going to give it bones because mm. technically, visually, <laughs> it's painful to watch. The people all move at like a third of the frame rate as everything else on the screen. <laughs> and it's really jerky and clunky. And it's a thing of I don't like Polygon Pictures Studio. I mm. don't like the way they do things because they've done the Netflix anime or the Godzilla trilogy. They did season one of Ultraman. They've done this. And it's always the same problem. Anime for me should not be rendered in a 3D model environment because mm -hmm. you lose so much of the artistic styling and expressiveness that anime brings. Yeah. And so it just looks clunky and the faces are basically just blank slates that have, you know, the second layer of eyes and mouth that move. And it clearly looks like it's on a different plane because mm. like the chin doesn't move with it or anything. So just it doesn't look right. And it continues on. I think this is the worst iteration of people moving from Polygon Pictures out of those three, Godzilla Ultraman and Pacific Rim. And I'm kind of tired of the fact that Netflix is using this cheap studio <laughs> to fucking do all my favorite tokusatsu and kaiju stuff. I'm kind of <laughs> mad about that. Do you know, what? I never went back to that Godzilla part one part. I watched part one and then I, it was really slow. Don't. So when part two, part three, yeah, I was just like, mm. it, it only gets worse from oh, two gosh. to three. Like it gets worse each time. Yeah. I watched the shit out of those. I I, I went. I, I saw the first one. I was like, I am gonna watch this to the bitter end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, my problem with that trilogy. My problem with that trilogy is that it's clearly like a sci-fi like miniseries or you know anime series script that somebody wrote that like got shopped around a lot that no one like he couldn't get it sold to any studio. And then when Toho was like, we want to do a Godzilla you know, uh, anime thing, they, you know, somebody had that in their back pocket and went, yeah, we can fit Godzilla into here somewhere, but it clearly wasn't built for Godzilla. Mm. That's fair enough, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, Stevie, what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, it's, it's year end for me, um, uh, so I haven't really watched as much as, um, as I'd like to have watched, um, uh, but I have drunk a shit ton of alcohol <laughs> last night. Um, so it's oh yeah, the weekend and I have not touched my computer and I've done any like work work, mm. which so, yeah, which is good really, but it does mean that I'm going to have to wrench myself out of this kind of like hanging out my ass feeling, um, and actually get my brain back into gear and, and actually go and do year end accounts again. Mm. But fun, fun, fun. Um, I, I, I basically I've, I've watched started watching Dota and nice. it is fucking awesome. I am enjoying good, it. Isn't it? Dota so much. There were a few moments in it where I was a little bit like miffed, uh, where they had just um, stills to sort of advance the plot. Mm. where they were like yeah. uh, there was one bit where they were showing a journey and it was just stills and i was like oh come on like yeah, what is up lazy. with this lazy yeah I, I keep seeing it throughout like these these series and it, it just you think to yourself when you've got such wonderful animations um is is this just a money saving ploy or is yeah this... they didn't budget it in <laughs> that's what i'm going with anyway i don't know you could have they could have just they could have had quick snapshots but ones that were sort of you know um actually animated rather than it just being a still picture with a like camera moving across it um with the odd sort of like i don't know the water kind of shimmering or something but but like, as that side the story the the actual like 
story and the plot and the, the the voice acting is is fantastic i'm so pleased you know and i'm i'm totally gripped and um my kids are, are, are really getting into it as well and um yeah i just i can't wait to to watch i think i've watched three episodes now so um i can't nice. wait to get into the rest of them um i've also done... go on what's your thoughts on the nose situation and the nose? <laughs> yeah, the, the way that noses are drawn. Oh, I they're quite, that. They're, they're quite detailed, I suppose, in, in terms of showing lines, aren't they? Um, it's not just <laughs> like what, it's not just one line. There's there's multiple lines. To, it didn't bother me too much. I, I did notice the um, the difference, but it didn't. I didn't look at it and go, "This is horrendous." It didn't sort of like <laughs> revolt me. Mm. What What did you guys think of? Them? Oh, I hate it. It revolted me. I, yeah, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hated, like, it was one of those ones, yeah, I think they had done it so that when the character looked a certain way, it made the, those, like, look less 2D. But then when the character was facing straight at the camera, in a sense, it looked really weird and off-putting. Yeah, it's it's hard to... It's hard to do, like, um, you know, facial features that kind of stick out, like that depth perception kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? When you're looking straight on, when it's to the side or slightly off, like their noses are fine, but when it's straight on, it just looks weird, man. Mm. I, I'm looking at a few stills now and I, I can see what you mean. I, I, I think when, when you're actually watching um, the series and you're into all the dialogue and everything, well, I, for me, I, I will probably overlook stuff like that, but yeah. just because it, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't trigger me too too much, but looking at stills, I can really see how awkward <laughs> it looks. It does look like they've kind of just got like a triangle drawn, almost like on, on the side of their yeah. face or something. Yeah, it was very weird looking. How- Reddit is just totally like like spooning out about it. Yeah, there's there's so many people <laughs> shitting on that on Reddit. That's mental. <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. Why is I obviously like. Because it feels like it's been like three weeks of you talking Year's End. How long does Year's End normally take? As long as it fucking takes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, we this this year we've done a, a fuckload of prep throughout March. Um, the actual company Year End is is the end of March. Mm. Um, so we've now had this is like this is proper crunch time. We're in the eye of the storm right now. Mm. Um, we've got I think we've got a three days before we have to actually shut down the accounts um and then we've got a load of like um analysis to make sure everything like nothing's missed we've got to do balance sheet recs we've got to do like financial notes so that's going to take us way down the line to the end of april so as, as a general rule of thumb nobody in our team is allowed to take holiday throughout april that's the kind of that's the rule <laughs> so, and, and this is pretty good you know if i went back so five years we'd be going way we probably wouldn't be finished with with year end until august maybe you know like um whenever you say whenever you say year end i keep picturing you on like a pub crawl with simon Pegg or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's would well be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it will be like that one day <laughs> when we Especially finish it since- Especially since you've talked about all the alcohol you drank. I'm like, rah, this guy's doing it. He's doing the, the, what's it called? I don't know, the legendary mile or whatever The training of the montage to the actual 
<laughs> like, like the prep, <laughs> the prep still, still, still images, still images of Stevie and Simon Pegg just going <laughs> downing. Yeah, I tell you what though. Uh, last night we went round a friend's house for someone's birthday, and it was sort of like you know the f- first legit sort of you know like we we can socialise tonight, mm. and we we went in their garden and. Um, we ended up going on tequilas and I downed a tequila and everyone else around me went, did the whole kind of <sighs> thing. And I just, my throat was like, oh yeah, tequila. Kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe you need to lay off the alcohol a little bit. Like you can, this is far too easy to drink this. Uh, uh, so, on, uh, I've obviously done. I've done, I've done the the other the usual ones, um, but we can talk about them if you want um, with with other people. Um, yeah, actually, you know, Invincible and Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, do you know? What? Let's let's. Uh, Daniel, have you been watching Falcon Winter Soldier and Invincible? Uh, I'm caught up with Falcon Winter Soldier. I've not gotten to Invincible yet. Right, let's let's talk. About it. Let's, let's let's talk. Not about at all. It. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh shit! <laughs> Damn. Let's, let's, let's let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um. Like, not to like, I I would just go towards the right to the end in it. Like, I couldn't believe yeah that people online seriously thought that was a Koye. Like, I like, racist. I, I, do you know what? Yeah, yeah, right. I, 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 I just find it funny. Like, it's it. I just didn't get it because you could clearly see that. It was, like, okay, for me, I could clearly clearly see, and I got excited. Cause I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, like. I've been wanting this character to come back because I really wanted to see her fight Black Widow in the Black uh, in the Black Panther movie, and I was disappointed. Mm. Not Black Panther, Civil War, sorry. Was it? Yeah, Civil War, and I was disappointed yeah, we didn't Civil get War. that fight. So I was hoping that we would get that fight later on in it, and we never did because obviously Black Widow died. Now to see that character, yeah, and I just like the fact that this show seems to be incorporating more than just like the Falcon Winter Soldier, like there's been a lot of mentions of Wakanda. So I, w- I want to know whether, you know, this will potentially set up uh, certain threads into um, Black Panther 2 or whether this will just lead into, you know, just other other stories because we're meant to be getting a Wakanda TV show, isn't it? So, you know, will, will Bucky make an appearance in that? Um, how much of a, moving forward, how much of an impact will um, the Wakandans play in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Because again, mm. as far as we know, like they're like the most technically advanced um, country there is. Like maybe they already know a way to reverse engineer the superhero soldier serum. Like, would they? Well, do they that? don't need to. They've got the herb, innit? Yeah, but the, herb, yeah. the, the, the herbs only for um, what do you call it? The Black Panther. What if they, you know, did something so that they could like give the soldier super soldier serum to Falcon and uh, actually make him. The next uh, Captain America? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. denied. But, but even, even, straight, even, no. either way, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that ending. Um, well, think, just to, since you've just gone straight there, yeah, I just um, had to I go bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to bring up something and get you lots of views on it mm-hmm. um, because the creator Malcolm Spellman, mm-hmm. he's been doing some interviews and basically. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we haven't had the chance to do as much speculation as yeah. we have uh, as WandaVision. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. been fairly, not straightforward, but like it's not as kind of reality bending, kind of what the fuck's going on here type mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, like I said, the creator did some interviews and he said he was asked what his favorite episode is. Mm-hmm. And he said, hands down, episode five. Mm-hmm. It just gets real. And episode five, you're going to cry. Now, remember that. You're going to cry, yeah? Mm-hmm. In another interview, that was with comicbook.com. In another interview with Rotten Tomatoes, he said, um, characters in our show, like, they're very grounded. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Yeah. They're very grounded. Um, but there's a character in particular I'd love to see partnered with big shakers like Thor and stuff like that. Um, the personality is so strong. Uh, it's the episode five character that I'd like to see paired up with someone like Thor. Mm. So basically what he's saying is in episode five, there's going to be a character that comes in that's, I don't know if it's going to be some kind of cameo, like a, some another Avenger or something like that. Mm. But combine that with what he said about episode five, saying it gets real and you're going to cry. Mm. And then combine that with the ending that we've just seen with Ao turning up or Ao, Ao, whatever her name is. Um, with her turning up, mm. do we think, and I don't want to kind of get anyone hopes up because again, um, I'm not, I don't know anything like, and I'm not, yeah, we're just I'm it. not, I'm not, I'm not dying on any hilltops with this yeah. one. Like WandaVision, <laughs> WandaVision taught me my lesson. But, <laughs> but do we think there's potential for Black Panther to turn up in the show? Black Panther himself. Because Ooh. this was filmed, this show was filmed before um, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Oh, flip. Wow. Oh, no. That would be amazing. That, that would I'm, definitely I'm, make me cry. I'm already you know I mean? tearing up. <laughs> I'm already tearing up. No, I don't want him to do that. <laughs> oh, no, please, no. I, oh, I don't know if I could take it. Like, I'm already sad and thinking it. Do oh, you know what I mean? Like, no. that, that would be... It would be a nice, like, depending on how to do it, it would be a nice, like, send off to him. Um, but then at the same time, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's, if, like, we're ready oh, for that. Do you know what I mean? I, I have no idea how to even react to that. To I'm upset already, bro. I'm actually upset. Like, I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, you know what, there? Now that you've told me that's probably going to have less of an impact. Because if I'd gone in through that blind yet, I think I would, like, I would have, like, ugly cried. Now that I know that's that a possibility. Yeah, now that yep. I know there's a possibility, I might just shed a couple of tears. But if I'd have known going in, yeah, and I just heard the music, the, the Black Panther music, yeah, I think I'd have just been like, no, and just start ugly crying in my room. Just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have like, pause it and take yeah. a walk or something. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I, I don't think that's gonna happen I didn't I think because and this is just my personal take on it the having Wakanda involved in this and it's strictly because of Zemo more or less mm-hmm. I think that that's just something that's I don't think that that's going to necessarily have things happening here aren't gonna have an impact on the next Black Panther movie or going forward necessarily I think it's just reminding you of certain geopolitical things that are at work there's unresolved from previous movies specifically mm. civil war in this case and i think that that's just i think wakanda being like hey i think what will happen in episode four is like hey you know bucky and her are gonna have a little conversation maybe falcon gets involved somebody but it's basically going to be a there's a ticking clock of 
you know, this season, get your shit wrapped up and make sure Zemo is still alive because we're going to take him at the end and he's going to face Wakanda injustice. And so that'll be kind of like a dangling plot thread for them to deal with by the end of it. But I don't think that it's going to have any longer ramifications outside of that. But that's oh, just fine. Oh, I, am, I, I, I agree with you. I am down for her fucking up Zemo, to be honest. Like, I. But see, that, this is the thing. That would just this be. Is the thing. <laughs> In Civil War, Black Panther kind of already ended that kind of story because he had the opportunity to not not just kill him, but to let him kill himself. Do you know what I mean? He even stopped him from killing himself. Mm-hmm. And he, he he said the whole thing about like, oh, I'm done letting vengeance consume me. Yeah, it's that's him though. It's consumed you, it's consumed them. So I don't think they're coming to kill him or fuck him up. They're looking to like get him back in prison. Do you know what I mean? Like he shouldn't be out. He, he yeah. broke out of prison. No, um, I, I think it's. It might end up being a thing of like you know what because of everything and post uh, you know Endgame and everything. It's like you know what we're not gonna kill him, but we're gonna imprison him at our place so we can keep nah, a close eye on him. I, 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 I don't think yeah. so. I think that if mm, nah, I, I feel like if that was the case, they would have sent somebody else in it. Uh, and it's the way she said it do you know what I mean and also I feel like the fact that she left like little things for Bucky to find was kind of to let him know that like you know this is gonna happen I don't want you to be in the crosshairs because like in a sense you're um, what's that word when you're like a not token but when you're like affiliated oh what's that word like he's he's, he's, he's like basically an honorary Wakanda isn't it so yeah. she don't want to get him involved in the, in the crossfire. That's that was my take on it. There's two things that could possibly be a thing. One, this could be a rogue operation of like a couple of them are like, hey, you know, you know, Chala said, you know, let the you know the rest of the world take care of him wherever. I'm not quite, you know, and some of them might not be agreeable to that. Yeah. I mm. don't think that might. I don't think that's probably the case because. We dealt with that kind of a thing already in the first Black Panther movie, and it's like, no, no, what the king says goes now, because T'Challa's proved himself and whatnot. Mm. But the other possibility is just a matter of, like, yeah, maybe it is, you know, maybe they they do want to, like, take him back into custody or whatever, and maybe just lock him up in Wakanda, but they're like, hey... Because I don't think that she left those things out for Bucky to find. I think they were just tracking him. Bucky knows the tech and knows what to look for and happened to find it on his own by chance. Mm. And then, mm. like, all right, well, you know what? You know, you found it. You called me out. Yes, I'm here. I've been following you guys. Uh, I'm giving you fair warning because you're, you know, we're cool with you because yeah. you spent some time with us. And we're cool mm. with uh, Sam Wilson because he's cool with Cap and everything. But seriously... There's a time limit on here, and don't think that you can just have free reign to do with Zemo whatever you want, because we got to say in the matter too. Yeah, true. Okay, I like how they kind of they kind of set this up earlier in the episode as well, but I still didn't see it coming when when Sam says to Bucky something like, um, oh, "He killed T'Chaka. Like, he killed T'Chaka, and like, what do you think the Wakandans forgot about it because they yeah. didn't?" And then Bucky gives him a look like, motherfucker, I'm more of a Wakanda than you are, Like, just because you're black don't mean you know about the... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I like that he is, like you said, kind of an honorary Wakanda. I'm glad he's the white wolf. Do you know what I mean? That is so joke. Yeah, he's coming about being a white wolf. That was good. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel, what did you Um, say? I kind of missed what you said. I'm glad someone else brought up the other than me saying, like, you know, I'm cool with them just because you're black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, that that made me laugh. Like the look that 
Bucky gave him was like, oh, come on, dude. Like, I, I live there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, my arm is from there. Do you know what I mean? I've got a vibranium arm, motherfucker. Don't tell me about Wakanda. Like, yeah, that's they, my they, 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 they blessed me with a name. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah, also, do you know what and, mean? Also, and again, do you know why I think there might be a little bit more, like, of Wakanda in there than we expect this? Because since episode one, they've been dropping a lot of Wakanda hints, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the only time I found peace was in Wakanda. You got a white wolf line. Like, they got. there's been a lot of references. So, I guess they probably won't because T'Challa died. Uh, Chadwick Boseman died. But if he hadn't, yeah, do you know what? Him having a cameo in this wouldn't surprise me. Do you know what I mean? We've already had, like, in a sense, a little cameo from Don Cheadle, uh, War Machine. Yeah. Um, do you know, um, you know, um, kind of taking us let's just get all the black superheroes <laughs> in this show <laughs> yeah, pretty much but let's let's take let's, let's take a step back here we finally um got to see uh sharon carl which was everyone knew she was gonna appear uh, 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 appear at some point like mm. how badass was she in this man she was on black widow's levels like she was fucking yeah. ass and you know what i love about the dc tv shows yeah probably even not dc uh the, the marvel tv shows is like we're proper seeing people just get killed. Like, I, there's no denying hmm. that these people are being left for dead. Like, they're getting stabbed in the chest, they're getting stabbed in the arm, they're getting blown up, they're getting shot in the face. Like, I love it. I love <laughs> the, like, level of violence that we're getting in these shows. Speaking of people dying, RIP to Batroc the Leaper from episode one here. No, I don't think he died. I think he he jumped out the plane, uh, the helicopter before it exploded. Oh yeah, no, he he survived. He survived. Oh, okay, he's yeah. still about. Because like I, I'm not, right, I'll bring this up now as well. Yeah, because first of all, Zemo. Yeah, I I liked him in this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've kind of made him a bit like charming and kind of. He's got a good, like, he's charismatic. Do you know what I mean? He even does he's cultured. He's he even a does cultured it. person is the thing. And uh, someone who's yeah. always, who's cultured like that in these, even if they're a villain, especially if they're a villain, it makes, it gives a certain mm-hmm. swagger and charisma to them and a gravitas that you I was, can't I was them, just like, about to say to. that word. I was just about to say gravitas. Even like the little bubble, <laughs> the little dance that he did in the nightclub. Oh, like, that, 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 yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, for me, that was a little awkward because I saw that coming. I was like, they're going to make a joke about white people can't dance in it. <laughs> I, I, I saw it coming. I didn't know if it was going to be Zima or if it was going to be Bucky doing the most awkward dance. And when it was Zima, I was just like, oh, this is like a little bit cringy because I, I just <laughs> like, I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't switch to Sam just like putting his palm on his head and just being like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> bro, get some rivers. Like, whenever they make in anything, whenever they make this kind of joke, all I ever think of, and this is just me, is going back to like the original Mass Effect trilogy of like when you go to the club and you hit the dance button, and it's just the like real dad dance if you stay in the pocket you just slightly move your hips and your arms back and forth but like you're not really dancing. Do you know what it reminds me? Mm, it reminds yeah. me a little bit of spider. Uh, spy that's how I don't, you know. No. You gotta stay in the pocket. You gotta stay in the park. Yeah, no, I said it reminded me a little bit of Spider-Man 3 when Pete Parker was doing his little dancing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Um so yeah, in, in this episode we also got the reveal that he's a baron, like he's not just a very high ranking military officer, he's also Ooh. fucking rich. Like, why does it seem like just everyone in the MCU is fucking rich? Like T'Challa's a king, uh Tony Stark's a billionaire, um friggin' everyone's just got money, man. Yeah, yeah, so Bucky Bucky as well, I mean. 
He must it, ain't, it ain't cheap to fund these various exploits and uh, evil schemes, you know? You need fucking capital for that shit. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do do we think, because talking about how Zemo might end in this show, mm. would we like to see, because I would love to see maybe him, if not, not get his own show, but kind of lead a Thunderbolts kind of show. Do you know what I mean? Or, or it, even, a, even a Dark Avengers going forward. Do you know what I mean? Because if you look at the, the villains that are still... Because a lot of Marvel villains die at the end of their movies. Yeah. But if you look at the list of villains that we've potentially still got about, mm. we could have a nice Thunderbolts team. Do you know what I mean? Like, and again, Absolutely. you've got Baron Zemo, mm. who could be funding it, and he's like the leader of the Thunderbolts. Mm. We've yeah, got, as we said... Abomination is still about. He's in the raft, uh, apparently. Um, Batrock the Leaper, like we just said, he Wait, they made sorry, a point sorry, sorry, of, sorry, hold of sorry. Hold on, isn't um the Red Hulk wave you just said? Isn't that General Ross? General Ross, yeah, exactly. And th- the Thunderbolts are named after him. So he yeah. after after the Sokovia Accords, mm-hmm. outlawing like um, vigilantes. Yeah. He's obviously going to maybe and and since we know that the Avengers don't really exist at the moment they're kind of disbanded yes. maybe he's got he would want to put together his own kind of team do you know what i mean mm. um so you could have general ross if he does become the red hulk that would be cool if not like you said we've got abomination anyway okay um and in one of the marvel one shots back in the day during phase one um there was even one with uh phil Corzen. Mm. And they was in like a cafe or something and he was talking to another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and they was considering um, recruiting Abomination for the Avengers initiative rather than Hulk. Okay. So again, that could potentially lead somewhere. Um, we've got, as like you said... Oh, sorry. Yeah, and leading into that as like, yeah, government uh, run like little renegade superhero group or whatever, it could be something that extends from something that we established in here, the GRC. Uh, with exactly, the, yeah. Things post blip and trying to get the world back to where it is. Here's a way to do that. Or that's at least a branch that you could have as a part of. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah, I like that as well. So it, it, could, it could be leading to this. Um, even John Walker himself, obviously, after we know in the comics when he gives up the Captain America mantle, he becomes US agent. Mm-hmm. Maybe going forward, he becomes US agent in the MCU. And, and I, although I don't think in the comics he was part of the Thunderbolts, I do think he has kind of teamed up with them at times. So, um, like, out of necessity. So, again, they could put him on the team to represent kind of the Captain America kind of position. Um, we could have Justin Hammer from, from Hammer Tech. He could come and, and provide the tech, like maybe even take on the Iron Patriot mantle. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We don't know. Um, and furthermore, up. another thing about it is that, you know, because uh, Falcon, Sam Wilson has been working with them up to this point of like, you know, as we're starting to establish the idea of it, they try to recruit him because he's always been working for him and he rejects it. And then they create a team and then send them after him and Bucky in a future. Mm. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. Um, even even again, we haven't seen the um, uh, Black Widow movie yet, but we don't know what Taskmaster Taskmaster's yep. fate is at the end of that. So if he or she, because I've heard rumors of gender swapping, but yeah. if Taskmaster potentially survives that, he could be or she could be. They they <laughs> let me think of my my pronouns. <laughs> they could be. 
um, uh, uh, an asset to the team. And, mm. and in the comics, Taskmaster, Taskmaster, that's a hard word to say, mm. trains um, John Walker to mimic Captain America's movements. So mm -hmm. again, he could kind of train each person to kind of mimic the the superhero that they're meant to be replacing in a way. Yeah. Um, and again, to go back to Bashrak the Leaper, we know he has been hired in, in Winter Soldier. I think it was revealed that he was actually hired by Nick Fury to take that ship hostage in a way to like lead to stuff, stuff and other like, do you know what I mean? Secret yeah, agents. He was trying to stuff. draw out the, whatever was going on within S.H.I.E.L.D. with Project Insight and everything. Yeah, exactly. So Batrock the Leaper has worked with S.H.I.E.L.D., worked for the government in a way already. So it wouldn't be a stretch to, to kind of get him on the team as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would love to see something like this going forward. And like I said, after this episode, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm not on Zemo's team because fuck him, he killed, he killed King T'Chaka. But yeah, like I think they've done a lot to kind of redeem his, not what he did, but kind of make him a like character more. Yeah, definitely. And uh, something else along that, um, shit, I lost it. <laughs> I had it, and then I lost it. Whilst yeah. you're thinking about it, I'll ask a question. What What do you guys think um, Zemo is going to end up doing? Because he's they they kind of like talked about him not wanting any uh, super powered people yeah. in the world. He, so he's trying to clean up his, his what he kind of created. Um, but he's blatantly going to have a an ulterior motive, and I, I just Ooh. wonder what are they. Are we going to see him being the overarching villain in this, or is it going to be the power broker? Or you know, what, what do you think? I, I don't think he's got an ulterior move. I think he generally just doesn't think that there should be superpowered people. Like obviously, yeah, the one, is that, uh, is, the, is that going to be it with the his one, character? The one, are they going to try and no? Because it, like, it, it's just one of those ones where, like, I, I think the ones that already exist, there's nothing he can do about. Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, Cap. I don't think there's anything you can do about Cap. And then Bucky, I think he understands for the most part that Bucky was under mind control. But mm -hmm. in terms of just these new ones and the potential to have a thousand Caps, he's not done with that idea. So I think that that's also one of the reasons why he killed the Doctor. Because the Doctor, as far as we know... He doesn't doctor, want any more, yeah. Sure, sure. I just got the impression from, like, when he puts that mask, his mask on, it was almost like... Uh, for, it was, to me, I was like... Okay, this he's back now, and mm. this is him like I think saying, no, oh, I'm I, here. I, and I'm a pronounced moment of like him like looking at the mask before putting it on and yeah. everything. So, yeah. yeah, there's definitely something there as to what it is. I'm not entirely sure. Here's a possibility though: he ends up uh, throughout the series by the end of the season, whatever. He ends up becoming the new power broker. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Well, well, that's a good. Money influence and piracy to start doing covert ops, taking out various superpowered beings, and maybe that ends up being a recurring thing in future either seasons of this show or possibly expanding further on, even back into the movies, perchance. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I would say that by the end of this season, he gets away in some capacity and is off doing his own thing and we will probably revisit that somewhere down the line in something yeah mm. i i that's what i think his end game is gonna mm. be i don't think he's gonna be turn out to be the villain or anything like that but mm. i think he's just planning his own escape because they keep telling him 
you're going back to prison after this. And he was just mm. thinking, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Not a chance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And his, his thing has always been in this case. It's he's the devil, you know, for Sam and Bucky and everything. And it's a matter mm-hmm. of, well, yeah, he's probably going to end up getting away and that's not great, but you know, the ulterior motive, the ulterior was alternative. Jesus brain. The <laughs> alternative was that we didn't get his help. And we weren't able to stop this particular problem today. So today's problem is solved, and tomorrow's problem is tomorrow's problem. Mm. I'm just gonna say mm. with, the, with the mask thing, I just took that as more of a, a an homage to the fans that know about Baron Zemo's comic book origins, and yeah. that's why they made such a deal about it. But it will be interesting to see where they take this forward. Now, I've got a little question for you guys here: is um, and I saw this online. Uh, do we think that potentially that Sharon Carr is the power broker? Uh, yeah, I she had the person waiting for her with the car in the the docking yeah. uh, ship wharf area right there at the end and everything, and mm. she was on the run. She's got a place in Hightown that she talked about as well. But then it, surely the uh, the scientist, oh no, because she never actually went in there, did she? Yeah. Um, mm. and the, oh, it's the scientist who never actually saw her, did, did he? Well, no. as soon as she did go in, Zemo killed him. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. They never got a chance to interact. And she seemed to react. Again, it could just be like, well, why why have you killed someone? Mm-hmm. But she was like, oh, what have you done? Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. she seemed to have a powerful. strong reaction. Yeah. Well, in, in, the, in the comics, I know she um, she does a few things. I know she infiltrates AIM and she also rejoins S.H.I.E.L.D. So it could be a case that she's just really deep undercover. Be. Yeah. That could be it too. By the way, I remembered what I was thinking of earlier because uh, the week before, last week or whatever, uh, I was uh, doing D and D with some of the other people from the Leftover Army, and mm-hmm. they were talking about uh, this is pre this episode three coming out, and they were talking about like potential spoilers and leaks that came out, and it was like a spoiler that at the end of episode three, Omega Red from the X Men showed up. Which oh my happen. gosh, Omega Red! No, I think Omega Red would be too OP for these people. <laughs> oh, I think he's too overpowered. Is that, what's the point? <laughs> I agree. I was like, I don't think so. I, I'm like, I don't think that's legit. But if it was, I mean, I could, I'd be okay with that. Omega Red has always been one of my favorite characters from the uh, X, the '90s X Men animated series. Yeah. So he was Ooh. on one of my early main teams in Marvel vs. Capcom too. Nice. Mm. Well, speaking of X Men, we got we got Madripoor. Do you know what I mean? They, they, yes, they went to Madripoor in this episode, which does have a lot of ties to the X Men. So yeah, I thought that was a nice little was, yeah, thing. exactly. The, the leak was talking about they go to Madripoor and so forth, and then Omega Red shows up at the end. I'm like, okay, there is a connection there and so forth. But obviously, at some point, you know, the the big question for the MCU as a whole at this point is when are we going to have the first like quote-unquote official, like, introduction of mutants, the X-Men mm. universe, to the yeah. MCU. People were, and this leak was saying that it was going to be in this show, um, which obviously hasn't happened yet based on what the leak was said was at the end of episode three, but it wasn't. It was uh, Wakanda instead. But the question is, I would guess I would pose to everybody is, do you think there is a, still a possibility, not specifically Omega Red, but do you think there's a possibility that some X-Men related things specifically will pop up here. Cause I've also in this uh, season, cause I've also seen things talked about, you know, they go to Latvia. So that's kind of close to Latveria. We could also yeah. introduce the idea mm. of Dr. 
here was Fantastic Four. So do you think we're going to get anything that big? Like a new, the first dropping of Doctor Doom, something with the uh, Fantastic Four or X-Men in this season? I'm leaning more towards towards X-Men. It won't be a massive reveal. It might just be uh, like the most minute use of a power or something like that, if anything. And that'll signify, okay, um, that they're now mutants in the world or something like that. That's what I think, anyway. Um, but yeah, it could also lead to Doctor Doom as well. Um, every time I hear Baron Zemo, I always think uh, Victor Von Doom. So, mm. I mean, I don't know how they'll tie those two together. Um, well, he did say but- that um, Sokovia, the neighboring country, has kind of like... What did he say? Um, well, it got like absorbed, didn't it? Into yeah, yeah, all like neighboring yeah. countries. Pillaged. I see. Yeah, so that could be like Viria, do you know what I mean? Which mm. would be kind of cool. Um, but I've I've learned from WandaVision that <laughs> I don't think they're going to be using these shows to kind of <clears throat> introduce. Well, I don't know. They did with um, with Photon, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't think like that's kind well, of quite an obscure. Character. she's not really an a-lister in terms of the, exactly. the majority of people knowing her someone like dr doom or because everyone thought reed richards was the engineer that was going to yeah. turn up and it turned out to be some random chick that wasn't a random dr. chick doom. so the random chick here was the person that delivered it but we still don't know who actually created that yeah that's true but what i mean is he didn't show up did yeah, show yeah okay up? yeah do you know what I mean? So even though, like, I, I, I know talking about the Black Panther thing, I know I planted that seed, mm. but I want to rip it out, like, do you know what I mean, right <laughs> now? Because I don't think, I doubt he will turn up as well in, in this. Like, I think it's going to be, and I don't want to set anyone up for disappointment, So, because I think it's just going to be another any person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I don't think this show is going to be introducing anything anyone that's going to play a big part a big big part in the movies Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like in terms of they're not going to introduce the main villain of phase four for the movies i mean um but i think they could introduce like they did with photon introduce some nice characters like we had torres in this who like i said becomes falcon Mm -hmm. so there's nice little characters that they are dropping but i don't think we're going to get any like of the a-listers do you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so is there anything else anyone wants to say about this um because like i said i went straight to the end um i, I yeah and let me just go through i really like it i'm giving it so far on three episodes i'll give it a whole chicken yes nice. same i would too. i would too yeah i agree I, i'd give it a whole chicken so far and it's got potential totally. to get even better yeah. So, like yeah. for me, WandaVision was a slow burn. Where like I watched the first episode when it came out, I waited two weeks and then watched episodes two and three, and then I waited till the rest of it was done, just because I was like, you know, I don't need to sit here and needlessly speculate. And every time I was on Facebook seeing something, something Mephisto, which doesn't even end up happening, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was not gonna piss something. I expected something was gonna like confirm or be very obvious towards Mephisto, and then it wasn't, and so forth. So. You know, with that one, I kind of let slow burn and everything and then binge it after everything was out. But this one, no, I'm like, you know, uh, I did wait three weeks and watch all three episodes at once. But I'm going to be keeping up with this one week to week. Nice. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I had a few I, notes. All right, I'll let you, you go first on. Yeah, T, let's see. Oh, first. sorry. All right. Now, let me, let, me, yeah, let me just run off a few things. All um, right, Mr. T. No, number one. <laughs> thanks, Mr. M. 
uh, <laughs> Agent M. <laughs> Sorry, that's made me laugh. Do you remember Men in Black when Michael Jackson turned up? All right, just quickly, um, you probably would have picked this up without even realizing, but this episode and apparently the next episode was written by the creator of John Wick. Oh, nice. Um, which is why there was a lot of neon lights, Makes a sense. lot of assassin contracts, the underworld. Do you know what I mean? It had a oh, very John yeah. Wick kind of vibe to it. it yeah. They had all their phones going off at one point, didn't they? Yeah, that was very yeah. John Wick. Do you know what I mean? I like that. They're walking down the street, everybody's just turning and looking at them with their phones up. Like, that was cool. TikTok, yeah. Mr. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. And apparently the next episode is written by him as well. So probably expects uh, more, not more of the same in a bad way, but do you know what I mean? Something yeah. along those lines. I did think John Wick when that happened, but it was just like, oh, okay, cool. They just copied John Wick. I didn't know it was actually someone who directed, uh, mm. uh, was actually involved in John Wick who actually did the, the story. So yeah, that's all. That's great, man. It's cool, isn't it? Um, I want to talk about John Walker because we haven't mentioned him yet. He was—he only mm-hmm. had a brief kind of few things to do in this episode, but I think, um, like the, the opening scene of him turning up with his squad, um, I kind—I I think it kind of like really—they're starting to show you the differences between the two caps, and mm-hmm. like because obviously there was a couple of things that kind of showed he's not—he's nowhere near the cap that Steve was, do you know what I mean? And it was much yeah. more than just the serum that made Cap, that made Steve special, mm-hmm. uh, which is something like a running kind of um, story that they've been going with. But the fact that when he goes in and talks to them, he needed um, Lamar to come and translate for him. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Steve Rogers talk many languages. Do you know what I mean? He will turn up and someone will talk like Batrock spoke to him in French and he spoke back in French. I'm sure he spoke German, do you know what I mean, in one of his films. So yeah. the fact that John Walker needed a translator, I thought was a nice little nod. And then when he lost his temper and he was like, do you know who I am? Do you know what that I mean? One like, after he got spat off. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, like <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, that just reminded me of Fanner just saying, I don't even know who you are. Well, I think they've done a good job. And for anybody who's a wrestling fan here, will probably follow with me on this. It's between the two caps. It's the difference of Steve Rogers is very much like, uh, in terms of like the fan, how they kind of rose to the status they were. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, where like they they through their own actions and their charisma and their ability to get themselves over, won over the crowd and became the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Whereas a more modern day, it's all corporate created, like Roman Reigns, uh, for example, mm-hmm. or, even, it, or even the Miz. It, yeah, but it's very much a meta statement of that, of like, yeah, yeah, you know, Cap was genuine. Cap was all natural, even with the super soldier serum. But it was, as we said, you know, it's not a good soldier. It's a good man who mm. that's what makes him. That's what makes the suit. And that's what makes him. It's not his super soldier status. It's not his physical attributes. It's the person that he is that makes Cap Cap. Mm. And yeah. this guy, while he's trying his best and he means well, is corporately created. He checks the boxes of what they think Captain America should be without actually understanding what that is. Yeah, yeah definitely, exactly. definitely. I'm I understand what he's supposed to be, but not the why or the how. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. Because one thing that stood out to me is that I think I can't remember, I think it was either the first or second. No, it was second episode where um, uh, Falk was asking, "Do you that have you ever jumped on top of a grenade before?" And he goes, "Yeah, I have. I mean, with my helmet because my helmet's made out of X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even that shows you that he's mm. very different from Captain America." Um, Steve Rogers, even without the super soldier serum, jumped on a jumped grenade. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas uh, John Walker only does it if he has the equipment to do it. Mm. That's um, true. Yeah, getting, so that's a very, very odd. Also, he's getting that. unnecessarily angry as well, like, which is just. Um, I think at so, even though we know that there are eight super soldiers running around, we've been told that there are twelve serums available. I think twenty, that, uh? yeah, 20 serums, right? Yeah, but eight have been used already, which leaves twelve. Yeah. Ah, yes, it's twelve. Yeah. There's there's twelve that haven't been drunk drunk or injected or however they um implement. <laughs> they ad- administer. Yeah, administer <laughs> the serum. There we go. Um, oh, do you think um, John Walker's gonna? Yes, I think he's going to get he, one. Well, he went to Power Broker. He did go to Power Broker in the comic books to yeah. uh, get his powers. So I guess, I, I'm assuming that will be a similar case in this. Yeah. However however it's done, he's going to end up with uh, superpowers as well. Yeah, well, not superpowers, but um, superhuman. Yeah, but I think um, the serum is going to drive him crazy. I, oh, th- yeah. I think in the end, because I think that's something that happens in the, in the um, comics, but I think that the side effects that he gets basically drives him mad and he friggin they end up having to put him down as well i hope you're wrong but there yeah. you're probably right and the reason because like the, the guy is trying it's just so like the yeah. that gave him the mantle he expects that having the name automatically grants you things and he hasn't necessarily earned them but mm. when he's yelling at the dude like you know who i am and then he spits in his face mm. saying yeah i don't care it's again like he assumes that with the mantle comes things. Yeah. He partially understands the responsibility, but doesn't fully grasp mm-hmm. it. And that's definitely... I don't want the character to just turn into a villain, but there is a mm-hmm. problem that will be the case. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the, the whole thing of the the original serum, uh, like Super Soldier thing with... Yeah. Um, never inside with Steve it, Rogers. It, yeah, it makes everything about you be- like more, heart, doesn't it? Yeah. So... And that's why, like Steve Rogers, is uh, such uh, an amazing hero because he he has all this genuine like goodness inside him. And so, what you know, are these character traits of John Walker, it's it's going to make everything more, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, his and frustration with people and and stuff like yeah. that is going to possibly get get worse, isn't it? Yeah, things that see that. Captain America demands respect as opposed to continuously every day earning the respect through deeds, mm. through actions, through words. Mm. Yeah. I've got to say, the, these, I've just done a, a, like a comparison picture between Steve Rogers and John Walker. And <laughs> John Walker in his mask looks like a, just a total tool. <laughs> yeah, man, this, the first time this, I think I think we all we all agreed that the first time we saw him and he gave that wink, we were just like, yeah, this guy's a dickhead. Oh, we what? don't want him to oh, scatter. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> To be fair, uh, Cap's first suit in the first Avengers movie was awful. Good too. So let's you know, sometimes down just doesn't look good, no matter what you're doing with it or who's in it. Um, T, oh, that's so true. Sorry, T. Before you go in with your notes and before we get to mine, I just wanted to say that um, what do you call it? The actor. What was the name of the actor that plays um, 
the oh, yeah. eh? place who? Um, the fake Captain America. Oh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. yeah. So two things. One, he asked to wear the original Captain America suit. Um, the one that like everyone loves, and they said no. Nope. <laughs> you are not allowed. Like that is one thing you cannot do. And <laughs> secondly, like the the toxic some people in the toxic fan base have been sending the guy death threats because he's yeah, that's, awful. that's oh, he's, he's, actually, just... he's actually come off social media over it. Oh, completely now. Yeah, he oh. put out a message saying something like, um. Uh, sit, like I'm no longer on social media, but I still see like stuff through his family and friends. Mm, yeah. um, he likes he likes some of the stuff, like the jokes, like the the old man from Up wearing the cap uniform. Yeah, he thought that was pretty genius. Mm. But he said, obviously, there is a section of the fan base that he wasn't quite ready for. Mm. I don't think Marvel fully prepped him for this. Mm. Um, the same well, way I don't think Marvel John Walker wasn't fully prepped to be Captain America. So I don't think you, you know, I don't think Mar- imitating real life. Yeah, but I don't think Marvel would have seen this coming. Like, obviously, yeah, they knew that the character got some hate, but this level, like, I agree. I agree. Yes, Marvel definitely wouldn't have anticipated this, but part of me says they should have. Not because that's fair, mm. but because that's the fucking unfortunate world we <laughs> live in. Yeah. People, enough. especially keyboard warriors on the internet, are fucking some of the worst people in existence because mm-hmm. of anonymity, and it's a fucking problem. And they probably should have anticipated it, but nobody deserves this kind of shit. Nobody. Yeah. I don't care who the fuck you are or what the fuck you did. <laughs> you don't deserve this kind of fucking... Unless you have done real-world, straight-up, heinous-ass yeah. things. Like, yeah. if Charles Manson was on social media, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> direct that at him. People on that level, direct that at them, and that's fine. Mm. But it's terrible. Like, he's a fucking actor playing a goddamn <laughs> part in a fictional superhero universe. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck over it, you goddamn freaks. Mm. <laughs> well, said. well said. True. All right, T, back to your notes. Um... Okay, all right, yeah, so that we covered John Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing we see of him. Uh, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I kind of uh, cut out there for a yeah. sec. Um, yeah, um, all right, anyway, we've covered John Walker. I'll, I'll move on. Um, I like, like I said, we spoke a bit about Zemo, but I've just got a couple f- more little things, like little nice little touches that I kind of picked up on that I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when we first see him, Bucky, for some reason, decides to go in alone. I, I don't get that, but I get he it. kind of justified it within the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he walks in and Zemo comes straight with those code words, yeah, yeah. You knew that I was coming. like, oh, <laughs> I saw it coming. I, like, I, I know he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. But just seeing it play out was, was pretty cool. And um, it's nice because, like, you know that, like, you know going in, yeah, like, he's going to do that. And he probably knows it's not going to work, but he's just doing it to see Bucky's uh, reaction. Yeah. He's very much in that, he's very much, while he's in the cell, and to an extent now even out of the cell, that he's very much playing a uh, Hannibal Lecter thing of, like, just oh, yeah. find these games and trying to push you to see where your limitations are and to break you mentally from the inside out and everything. Cause I mean, Bucky of all people is the most susceptible to that. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that's true. And I feel like, I, I feel like he could have broken out whenever he wanted, because yeah. when I first watched through this, I thought Bucky broke him out, but 
But then when I rewatched it, Bucky's nowhere about. He does no. all this himself. Yeah. So he started, he started the one thing, which is the inciting of the riot at the very start of it all. But yeah, the rest yeah. of it, he was doing it himself. It was very much a, I know one day something's going to happen and y'all are going to need me. So yeah. I'm just going to sit here and patiently wait. Yeah, exactly. He played the wait, the long waiting game. And that's why I don't necessarily feel like he's going to like, in a sense, become a bad guy in a sense. Like, I do feel like, you know, once this is over and his his like, he's done what he needs to do, if it deems for them to put him back in prison, I think he will just go back to prison. No, that's why I think he's going to become the Thunderbolts, bro, because they they are good guys. They're, here, they're like the Suicide Squad, do you mm. know what I mean? They're yeah, heroes, yeah. but reformed villains, so they've got a bad rep. But, and again, Zemo, like, he even apologized to Bucky. Do you know what I mean? He was like, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. Like, it yeah. was personal, but it was a means to an end. And again, he had he did do some fucked up shit, like mm. killing the king of a country yeah. and, do you know what I mean, and doing all this stuff. But it was for a purpose that he thought was for the best. And, and, and another reason why... stick him with it. Like, yeah. he's committed to this. Do you know what I mean? But and another reason why I say that is because at the end when he, like, they thought he escaped and ran away... He could have run away. He came back and he fucking he came saved, back and saved he them. He came yeah. back and saved, saved them. Because, but he saved them because what he wants ultimately is no more, you know, superpowered beings or whatever. And there's still work. There's still eight uh, super soldiers with twelve more doses out there. He wants to get that taken care of as well. Mm. But if that wasn't the thing that they brought busted him out for, and it was something else, he would have been fucking ghosted. He would have left them right then and there and yeah, been off to something. But, like, he's still got business he wants to accomplish by using them as well. I mean, mm. he's a good villain. Not, well, not villain. Like, he, I think he will become a potential future continued antagonist, but not a mustache-twirling villain, mwahaha, you know? <laughs> oh, please. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I want him to grow a mustache and do that. That would be so funny. Just not the whiplash time. To railroad tracks going, just you just remind me, like when he was just when they were not playing, he was like, Oh, if the food smells bad, feed it to them. I was just like, he trying yeah, to, yeah, he's trying to get them food poisoning, yeah. Like, oh, he's, he's an asshole, like, he's the definition of like a sociopath because he doesn't under aside from his own family, he doesn't understand empathy towards others, like, he you know. Sam and Bucky previously, and again now, are just tools for him to get whatever he wants yeah. out of it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just cut out for a sec, but I, I caught the end of that when oh, you're talking about Zemo and saying he's like a sociopath and stuff, right? Yeah, because one he, thing in them as a means to an end, not about them as people. Them himself, Actual. yeah. One thing to kind of add to that, which I thought was a very nice touch, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but. When he's first in his jet, he's with his butler, he's Alfred, yeah? Mm -hmm. And he's like, um, he said, ah, oh, sorry, the drink's warm, but the fridge is out. But he's like, I think we've got some food back there. Yeah. Zemo, Zemo says, if it doesn't pass the smell test, yeah, for you to that. I give, just, yeah. give it to them. I, I brought out, you must have missed that. And, uh, yeah. and then later on in the episode, Zemo brings out food and gives it to them. Yeah. But he doesn't eat himself. Uh, I didn't even oh, really? that. I didn't clock that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it must not have passed the smell test, but yeah. he gave it to them anyway. I thought that was quite funny. But just little things like that, like him doing a little bubble as well, kind of. Uh, this 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 episode kind of turned me around on Zemo, do you mm. know what I mean? And as a potential, like, not good guy, but a, a, maybe having a redemption arc going forward. Mm. 
Um, I like when he, he, wears, he wears a coat with a uh, fur uh, collar on it. You can't be a good guy with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> it's fucked on. I only dress I remember I when know, Kane uh, wore a coat like that, and I, I was obsessed, man. I was trying to hunt down that coat. <laughs> I wanted that fucking Bane coat, man. <laughs> The fur is all natural. <laughs> I'm I'm not convinced though. Unfortunately, like I still him putting that mask on for for me that was like a real kind of like like a flag, like a, an indicator that the he's back and he's going to be a thorn in their side. A flag smasher. Like, oh, oh, get out of here! I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll see you later. <laughs> go get your kid with your phone. Get, get my fucking We all get one per show like that. <laughs> oh, shit! I should have saved it. Oh, don't worry. I have mine for later when we're talking about the main event. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice, nice. I, oh, speaking of the main event, there was a Skull Island name drop in this episode. Yeah, which I thought was nice because it kind of works with our theme this week. It mm. comes up again. This King Kong Skull Island kind of keeps popping up. It's going to keep popping up throughout this episode, but we'll get to that again later. What was the reference but, um, to this one? So when they're talking about Madripoor, mm. Sam Wilson's like, "So it's you guys are talking about it like it's some kind of Skull Island or something." Oh, like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. He drops uh, King Kong right there. Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously we get the Red Skull name drop as well mm. with um, Zemo's like, we don't want another Red Skull situation or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got a question. Go on. Um, what the fuck were those sort of like sticky uppy bits on, on the back of the bikes? The sticky uppy bits? You know, like the, all, oh, all, all, the, all oh, the motorbikes. Yeah, and like I have no idea. The car and, well, was it like an aerial or something or what? Probably some kind of jammers maybe. I was intrigued. I was thinking, uh, are, are, are we going to see the like um, them pull something out of that, or is it going to be some sort of like EMP grid thing where it's sort of like block signal, or, or like you said, like jams something? But they didn't explain that at all. I don't remember what bikes you're talking about. On the bikes when they were getting escorted into like the gangster um, bar. Something on the bikes is something the people are wearing. Cause like something they were had like flags or like uh, banners on their backs, right? No, it was like a contraption on the back of the motorbikes. Oh, I I missed that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I. It might have been just some kind of visual world building. Do you know what I mean like mm. this? Probably. Maybe it's there to help them pop wheelies easier. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it helps them when they park their bike to remember where it is so they can see it. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like a little. Like, color codes are like, oh, that one's mine. That's the purple one. You have the green one. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, God. Yeah. All right. So, all right. We've talked about John Walker. We talked about Zemo. Um, I want to talk about Carly quickly for a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I feel like this episode did a good job of um, making her. Well, it built her up to basically for you to feel a lot of sympathy for her as a villain. And I think maybe it, it's more. People. Sorry, she torches a building with people in it. Well, that that ruins it at the very end. You know what I mean? That kind of solidifies her as a villain. But up before that point, like we're introduced to her in this episode playing football with the local kids on the street. You see her mother dying or whoever that was, 
Um, she talks about, I mean, they're, they're stealing food, uh, like to, to, to give to people. Um, so there's a lot of, of kind of, she talks about wanting to be a teacher. Do you know what I mean? And all these stuff that kind of makes you kind of similar to how they did with, with John Walker in a previous episode, they kind of build him up and think, Oh, maybe they're not that bad. Mm. And then at the end of the episode, they do something fucked up, like blow up a building full of people. And so it's like there goes all the goodwill we had for you. Do you know what I mean? Up in flames with that building. Um, but yeah, I kind of liked that they're kind of making her more grey than just a straight up, yeah, she's a villain. Do you know what I mean? She just wants power and this. She, she again, thinks she's doing it for the right reason. And a lot of people are backing her because they agree with her kind of ideals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the idea of having one world do you know what i mean no nations like everyone in peace that doesn't sound like a bad idea do you know what i mean no i'm on board with them as yeah. like, frankly <laughs> yeah but then again it's the means it's the way she's going about doing it yeah that that makes her a villain do you know what i mean even though you may agree with her with um what she's saying oh, the message yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's what she's doing to achieve it that that's 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 wrong I mean, I mean what a- she's doing what she's doing that's great um is that she's helping out the people who are less fortunate yeah and so what happens is also these people sort of like fall off the grid here or there or aren't, aren't well known to anyone so she's able to slip through her connections there and everything of that to actually uh topple down these I guess governments or uh, agencies. So I mean, I think I think it's pretty cool the way they've done her. I mean, the way they've uh, set up her character and just how she's able to manipulate. I, I don't want to say manipulate because she's actually forming friendships with these people. Um, mm. But I, just, just, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that I posted a picture of the motorbikes with the little box things on the back. Uh, if anyone wants to check that out, so you can maybe see what Steve was talking about. Hmm. Oh, okay. I've just been looking for that. <laughs> How did you find it? Oh, you actually took a picture. Yeah, I just nice. took a picture of the, the, the show. It's sort of raised yeah, up yeah. above the back of it, right? Yeah, that's right. It's sort of yeah, those, are, those, are, those are banners. Like, uh, Japanese uh, motorbike gangs have the same thing constantly. It's just a, basically a banner. Mm. Like, hey, this is who the fuck we are. Okay. I thought they were speakers. Like, they're just playing the bangers as they go. Through. Could you imagine... <laughs> Tokyo Drift. I've got a question to ask right at the end of this about um, Falcon Winter Soldier, but you carry on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done, I think. I think there's a nice lo- lot of little shout-outs, references to the comics, like the Smiling Tiger is mm-hmm. obviously a comic book character. That was funny, um, though. That was funny. He's, he's in like uh, raised uh, shoes to make himself yeah. and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a classic bit right there. Yeah, and he's like, I can't run in these hills. That was that was funny. Yeah. Um, obviously, the reference to he's like, oh, I look like a pimp, and Zemo was like, trust an American to think a black person. A yeah, black well, just like black. Ma- yeah, that was funny. Mm, that was good. The whole thing with the snake when he's like, oh, smiling tiger, your favorite. Yeah, uh, oh, that was jokes. That that was well acted by Sam. Um, by what's his name? Not Sam Wilson. Whatever the actor's name is. Um, we're getting Mackie. more closer to Anthony Mackie. 
Anthony Mackie, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Clarence, but yeah. <laughs> Clarence. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not an Avenger. His real name is Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> um, we seem to be getting closer to the power broker. Um, yeah, and the episode one, the episode like was said, titled are... Power Broker, which was like very on the nose for this episode. Yeah, and I, I think they because in the comics, obviously, he's the power broker because he gives a lot of people powers. Mm. But in this, it seems to be more like, uh, like he has power, as in like he has the title. Do you know what I mean? He's like, uh, like a like a mob boss or something. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of power, mm-hmm. and he's only by chance come across these super soldier serums. Mm-hmm. I look at I, it the same way again. Going back to this thing I mentioned earlier, Mass Effect with the Shadow Broker, they're literally like a power broker in like the geopolitical spectrum and Mm. keeps a certain like in the underbelly in the lesson legal channels keeps like a balance between all the various factions and uh groups and denizens that are out there across the globe of like you know yeah i give this thing to this group but then in order to balance that out i give something else to these people over here and I will continue to benefit from it both in status, in power, in money, in resource, but I'm helping everybody and nobody simultaneously. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, um, obviously he funded um, Dr. Uh, Wilfred Nagel's work mm. in, in recreating the super soldier serum. Mm. Now, in the comics, Dr. Nagel is... Uh, he he was an older character in the past. I think he was the one that was working on the super soldier serum that they gave to Isaiah Bradley Mm -hmm. to make him the black cap. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously they've kind of changed it around. Whereas instead of giving Isaiah his, the powers, he kind of reverse engineered it from Isaiah, from Isaiah's blood. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I thought that was interesting. Um, We've spoken about Sharon. I thought it was a nice, Marvel are getting better at girl power. I mean, after after um, Endgame, was it Endgame where they did that stupid where they did that stupid scene of all the girls coming together? And I was like, that that really <laughs> wasn't I like needed. That scene. Like it, I'm it, not gonna lie, I like that scene. No, it it was too contrived. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, all the females just happen to be in this same area at the same time. Like, it didn't. It was too like to me. It was too. What's the word? Ham-fisted or whatever. Mm. But since then, obviously, we've had one division, and like she's proven to be the most powerful character. You had one division. Uh, you had Wanda, um, Agatha Harkness, and Photon, all powerful female characters in this one show. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it, it, it can be done better. And in this, you had three guys to interrogate one wasteman scientist. <laughs> While one woman was out there Just fucking clapping. everyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, but yeah, not, I'm basically done with my notes. Last thing I want to say is I, I'm still liking the banter between Sam and Bucky. Yeah. Um, I like the little thing of when he when Sam gets in the car and he's sitting behind Bucky and he's like, <laughs> you're, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? Yeah. Uh, that was a nice little callback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a friend um, of mine. A friend of mine put it great, and he said, uh, what WandaVision did for sitcoms, uh, Bucky, or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier does for buddy cop movies. 
definitely. Yeah, I like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> definitely agree with that. Um, um yeah, I had. No, I, like I, I just. I, oh, I leave here. Sorry. Oh no, no. Go on, go on. I'm done. I'm done. Are you sure? Yeah. You yeah. I'll save this till till after you. Uh, you can do your thing now. I'm done with my notes on the show, but there's just one thing again about the future going forward. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of bring up. All right, I just, have, I just have one thing to say. Um, when it came to um, Nagel talking about his experiments, right? Um, also, um, I was thinking of um, of Isaiah Bradley, um, and also him re- uh, re-engineering his uh, super soldier serum, mm-hmm. and then you know producing it. I was thinking. Um, I mean, what I love about Marvel is the fact that. A lot of things that they do harkens back to real life. So, for example, you had um, the Tuskegee experiments, um, which is looking, which is sort of looking at the, um, I guess, real life history of syphilis. In it was, it was used specifically for, um, well, the experiments were specifically used on black people. Um, and another one was uh, Henrietta Lacks, whose cells were used to develop like modern day vaccines, specifically the polio vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when Nagel when Nagel said, you know, he'd obviously found uh, people to experiment on, I was thinking, oh yeah, you definitely experiment on Isaiah Bradley, and I was thinking to myself, actually, who in real life like has that happened to? So I just thought I'd add that bit there, just to say that yeah, Marvel is always sort of tries to relate things back to uh, yeah. back to back what to was, real life. What was Wilfred Nagel's? Um, he was going on about like um, he did, he wanted to change it, make it better, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you think it was going on about? Was he sort of suggesting that he didn't want to? Uh, this is going to be a slightly different one to what we saw, uh, like um, uh, well, well, you know, it, Captain America having it, is it? What he was talking about specifically was that it doesn't. It gives you the same attributes the Super Soldier Serum does without actually physically altering your body. Physically. Yeah, yeah. So, so they don't uh, turn into um, enormous giant people yes. with yeah, huge muscles. That, that tends to be less than inconspicuous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you see a bunch, if you see like eight dudes all the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger walking down the street, where you're like, well, something's going on there. Yeah, yeah that's very true. And also the side so effects as well. If 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 Steve Rogers took this serum, he'd still be a little skinny, little tiny guy, but mm-hmm. have the same strength. Yeah, that would be quite funny. <laughs> And also, like I said, if you didn't hear me, that the it wouldn't have the side effects that some of the other um, attempts at recreating a super serum has done. Yeah, Red Skull mm. wouldn't be asshole super Nazi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's a good point as well because that's that's what I was gonna say when you said, "Do you think the serum will make John Walker go mad?" I was thinking, I don't think it will because, like you just said, the the scientist said that he, in a way, he kind of perfected the serum where or, or took it to a next level where it doesn't have the same. But that's that, that's that's what he I believes. Don't know if he specifically though. said about that though. I think it was more but, just talking about it doesn't physically change. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm just gonna say that that's what he believes because obviously this is the first time it's been field tested because he had mm. only he had made twenty and it was stolen before they could get, test it. So these eight True. that have had it, you know, maybe over a length of period of time, they might. You know, start because again with Carly. Oh yeah, because um, the uh, the woman is gonna like yeah. she's now become more extreme, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's now become quite extreme. dark, and maybe that's yeah. already oh, an aspect of her personality. And here's the other thing about it: you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something the formula itself is doing to you, all you know, chemically altering your mind or anything. It's also can just lead into the fact that hey, power corrupts. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I've got a final question then about Falcon Wind Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think by the end of the series, are we going to get Sam in a Captain America outfit? Ooh. I think we'll get a red, white, and blue Falcon outfit. You think we will, yeah? I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say yes. Because, like, what I'm really liking about this season, I don't know how other people feel about it, is that we're, st- we're we seem to be getting a lot more comic book accurate outfits. Um, yeah. So it would be nice to see it. Um, but again, I don't know. Like, we, I, I can't say right now off the bat, yeah, will Falcon get the sh- the shield back and be, you know, the next Captain America? Um, oh well, he get he gets the shield back. We've seen it in the trailers. Him training with the shield. Okay, uh, I must have missed that. So I, I, I'm I'm assuming he'll get the shield back, but I'm in two minds as to whether or not he'll actually have a Captain America outfit because a it does seem to be heading in that direction. Like he, everyone's saying like, why didn't you take up the mantle? So they're making a deal of him, literally not just like spiritually taking over that role in a way that Spider-Man is taking over the role of Iron Man, mm-hmm. but literally taking on the mantle of Captain America. Yeah. Um, but then I think at the same time, I don't know if he will, because I feel like because in the comics, both Falcon and Bucky had taken on the mantle of Captain America. I feel like they're kind of just um, giving us nods towards that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, if you combine Bucky and Falcon's outfits, you get the red, white, and blue because mm. Falcon's in red and white and Bucky's in blue. Mm. So maybe together they... We are Captain America. That. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I am Captain America. We are Captain America. Exactly. Um, I feel... Hmm. I'm, I'm, there's a thing I have a curiosity about, and I wonder if what partially what they're doing with Sam not initially taking up the mantle is part of a meta real world uh, take on, you know, you know, is the movie going audience, is the, you know, general public ready for a black Captain America? Yeah. I was thinking that as well. I, I definitely think that there is at least, at the very least, undertones of it because. Uh, Isaiah obviously is very much that, and there's a lot of racially charged stuff in here, and there should be, because mm. especially in the last year that we've had. I mean, it's this has been going on for way too fucking long, but especially in the last year, as it's kind of amplified in terms of uh, uh, public viewing and everything, um, mm. they're definitely leaning pretty well into that, and I think that's the right move to make, and I think. That I'm hoping that the show and Sam and the MCU itself will go, yes, we, whether you're ready or not, here the fuck it is, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like that. I'd appreciate that. I do hope he does get the full costume and become the new Cap. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, sorry, mine, uh, do you want to, like, Finish. Are you done with your notes, or is there anything else? Yeah, I'm done with my notes. It was just that one thing I wanted to bring up, and yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty much spoke about everything else, so I'm done with my notes. We can we can move on. All right, no. Uh, um, Thomas said there was one, one last thing that he wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um. So basically, last week, um, in the episode that introduced Isaiah Bradley, 
I said that the kid who answered the door could potentially be his grandson, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Bradley. And yeah. when I went to watch this episode, obviously I pressed resume and it kind of kicked in from where I left off at the end of last episode. So it was still going through the credits. Mm. I noticed that the actor was credited as playing Eli Bradley. So mm-hmm. he is uh, the Patriot in the comic. Yes. yes, um, yes so again, similar to how I was thinking that we could have a Thunderbolts going forward. We know a young Avengers is coming. Yeah. Um, but I think it's nice how they're like planting all these seeds going forward for the young Avengers. Obviously we've got Wiccan and speed now mm-hmm. um, from one division. We've had an appearance from Eli Bradley who will become the Patriot. We've got a Miss Marvel um, show coming. Um, Cassie Lang, Scott Lang's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, becomes uh, stature in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye show. Yep. Uh, Riri Williams. We're getting a, a. Are we getting an Iron Heart show? Did I, am I, am yes. I right about that? I'm, 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 yeah. Um, and apparently, I, I, I just found out that in Doctor Strange Two, uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. Um, America, is it America Chavez? Mm-hmm. Miss America, basically. She She's going to be in um, Multiverse of Madness, which is cool because one of her powers is kind of like she can open up portals between dimensions and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, but again, she, I think, has been a young Avenger, so she could be on the team. And I'm I'm not usually like a big, like, I don't know if it's the right word, but advocate for like um I don't wanna I don't wanna say the wrong thing, but like I I like I get I like inclusion and stuff like that and diversity and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't push it on anyone, but I like inclusion, do you know what I mean? And we would have two, if not three, because if they bring Hulk um Sorry, we could protect you yeah. disconnected for a little second there yeah we can hear you now um yeah i'm saying w- if they bring hulkling in on this show as well with the young avengers um we could potentially have three um like lgbt however you want to call it mm. superheroes within this team because obviously um wiccan billy he's gay mm-hmm. and he i think ends up marrying hulkling in the comics Mm-hmm. Um, so that's two g- gay guys on the show and Miss America um, she's a lesbian as well do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it could be very like I don't know if Disney and Marvel want to tackle sexuality but um, I don't know I just thought that was interesting no, I, th- I, mean? I, I think this they, they currently started that didn't they with um, Deadpool 2 with um, um, Negasonic uh, yeah, well, blah, that, blah blah that, warhead, that, that, um, that technically wasn't Disney at the time um, oh, okay but I warhead, yeah. I, I want to say that um, this fits in because I want to say it was two years ago Kevin Feige said that he's only going to stick around if the MCU becomes more diverse and also that includes um, people's sexuality in it so mm. um, this fits in with like what he wanted and his vision in a sense so yeah like I probably see that that is what is going to be on the card for what Disney's planning to do. Um, And for, I guess for those that, you know, that is their, their wheelhouse, it will be good for them to see people that look like them uh, represented on TV and on, on super in, 
uh, and in these superhero shows. Yeah, exactly. And I'm all for inclusion, diversity, and expanding in your film's reality. And I'm also simultaneously always for watching the fucking conservative square retards out there. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and, and I think, and I think, I think for me anyway, I don't feel like Disney is shoving it down my throat. I don't think they're forcefully doing it. I think it's all, everything that they've done so far, yeah, has been very natural. The only one that I'm a little bit, the only thing that I was a little bit side-eye on was this, was the, um, I don't know what his uh, um, sexuality was, but this new Captain America that they've got coming. Does anyone know what I talk about? What do you mean? They're, they're having like an, an LGBTQ Captain America. Um, really? Yeah, in the comics. What, in, oh, in the comics? Yeah. If, uh, okay. If, first if, I've if I can that. find this thing, that screenshot, I would. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe I heard this ages ago. What's the, what's the name of this Captain America? I don't know the name, but okay. I'll find I'll find an image and send. Now that one felt that one felt a little bit forced, mm-hmm. didn't it? I uh, thought you were talking about Sam Wilson for a second. I was like, after everything we just spoke about, you're like, I can't accept a black Captain. America. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, again, I'm not saying I can't accept it. Like I'm more, but I feel this one is a bit forced, didn't it? I think like this is just. Mm what's kind of like popular right now kind of thing and they're just running with it um uh what you call it martin was saying that deadpool's made by, and obviously i understand that deadpool was made by marvel but at that time of the filming that was still a fox studio product so mm. in, in terms of like it was in a corporation or association with marvel but not made by marvel studio okay yeah That's all right well, marvel entertainment. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah so it wasn't owned exactly. by disney and, and again i think with Disney as a whole, I think they're they see this is a weird one because like sometimes they are trying to do better, but then sometimes with other things like I think they're just bitching out because like look at Star Wars like I think they were shaping up. they I think uh, I I think they were shaping up for Finn and Kelly much retrans characters to both have like a bit more to do in the Star Wars universe, and I think they just they just bitched out and then just like. Like I think Finn was horribly shortchanged, and then hundred percent, yeah, and then Kelly Marie Tran was like left out of the third movie almost entirely. Like, yeah, what I the fuck? Less of a Disney uh, dictating this stuff, and JJ uh, Abrams going, "Well, that's not what I had envisioned." Well, if you mm-hmm. had something in mind, why the fuck didn't you do seven, eight, and nine? Yeah, mm-hmm. but but I believe uh, what everybody's kind of circling around is the. The worry of it being token stunt casting as opposed to being purposeful and with merit behind it. But I think that especially the MCU has done a good job of over time expanding into inclusivity and expanding rosters and diversity in characters and the world building. So I have faith that they will do it right. Mm. we will get there and it'll be well done and it'll be acceptable and it'll be fine and again for people who freak out about oh my god how could you have a superhero be gay well fuck you mm. <laughs> yeah. oh no thanks for putting through the um the image i have i have heard of this one mm. um yeah i thought nothing of it i honestly thought nothing of it yeah captain america's gonna be um getting everything um yeah because i did hear a lot um because also some some of the news I do uh, I do take in is is American, um, so 
Yeah, I do remember pe- people at Fox News um, like going going crazy for like, oh, how they make him, how they make him a gay character, blah blah. I'm just thinking like, how does that, how in any way, shape, or form does that take away from Captain America? Just because oh, no, it doesn't. But okay, it doesn't. I mean, on behalf of Americans, because I'm pretty sure I'm the only American on this show right now. On behalf of Americans. <laughs> Sorry. We are up present and we suck. So I apologize on behalf of America to all of you because yeah, we suck. And don't ever watch anything Fox related, please. It's like they're it's cool, man. America's a young country, isn't it? You lot are just going through your puberty right It's a young country. Yeah, UK isn't any better, so yeah. of your eight-year-old kid found your gun locked up properly, and now he's running the fucking house and is taking everybody hostage. All right, so I just want to move on because, like, not that we're pressed for time, but I do want to kind of be done by, like, 10 o'clock-ish, so I can go to the shop. We have been talking about this one thing for over an hour. Yeah, yeah that's very, very um, true. All right, I don't have any notes on Invincible episode four, but I did enjoy the episode. Uh, not as great as the the three episodes that we got together. Uh, I'm going to give this episode mm. a free piece. I cannot, like I watched it on Friday, and I've kind of already forgotten some of the things that happened other than... Oh, actually, no. He went, he to, went, to, he, he went to Mars. Mars. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. And he, oh. and he and he brought some stuff back with him. Um, I'm gonna give this episode a free piece. Um, well, let me just get quick thoughts on this episode. Uh, this episode, and then we'll move on to to my to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. This episode was really. This, I feel it was a decent episode. Um. We saw more of um. Um. Ah, uh, was his name Mark? Yeah, yeah we saw more. Yeah, we saw more of Mark um relationship. Something tells me I haven't seen the, the comics, but something tells me that he and Amber are not going to stay together. Um, mm-hmm. and he's going to eventually move on to Eve. That's just that. Yeah. That's just what I feel anyway. Yeah. Um, we saw more use of his powers. Um, because I remember in episode three, I think it was where he fought against um Seth Rogen's sort of cameo character, or whatever. I <laughs> was holding his breath this time around. He actually went to um to Mars. Actually, he didn't really hold his breath when he went to Mars because um, he had his um, face mask or helmet on there, if like that. But I still thought it was cool just seeing, you know, um, just a bit more of his powers, um, seeing, like, how heavy, um, like, how heavy he can he can go when he lifts things. Um, still shows that he's learning. He's also a bit careless and stuff like that. Still also being a teenager, being self-absorbed with his, with his life and whatnot. Even on the job and, you know, my the science system and then whatnot. Um, I'll give this episode a three piece as well because, yeah, it's just it's just a nice continuation from everything we've seen so far, especially the drama that's now happening between his parents and obviously mm. um, the demon investigator. Mm. So yeah, anyone else see it? Um, yeah, I, I saw it as well. Again, I, I agree. I'll give this episode a three piece. Uh, it didn't bang the way the first three episodes, especially the first two or the first one. The first one. <laughs> uh, but I, I like how it's progressing. Um, I like how his training's continuing and how his dad's training him, like, especially with with the physics of flying and stuff like that. That was pretty um, cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I like 
the kind of tension that's building between um, Omni-Man and his wife. Uh, obviously, she's starting to kind of doubt him, but he's kind of trying to regain her trust, her trust and her love in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I definitely I like this episode. Um, it wasn't like mind blowing, but it was it was a good continuation. I like the whole thing with the um, the Mauler twin, the one that's left. Yeah, his oh, his. His, his twin is trying to get his twin back or his clone or whatever. Yeah. Like that he had to use a drill to draw blood. I thought that was quite cool. Thanks, thanks for reminding yeah. that one because I thought it was cool to see actually he's not just a big brute. He's actually smart. He actually does his own thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Um, I, there's set up. We've had two setups for potential villains going forward. You had that ancient Egyptian like mm. mummy looking guy mm-hmm. and then you had obviously the like face hugger type things mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was a bit of a piss take the um the, the ancient egyptian thing was just like and here's a potential bad oh no and he's, he's just locked in his tomb again <laughs> <laughs> not down and this is that this is what this show keeps doing it's got a real tongue-in-cheek element to it mm. but it's just like I like the title screens that keep popping up. Like the title screens are one of the best things I've ever seen. Just purely because yeah. of the fact that every time he try, as soon as he tries to mention his name, it goes boom, invincible. Yeah. <laughs> every single time, and it gets bloodier and bloodier yeah. each time. It's just yeah, it's, it's it's good. Mm. That is good. I like little continuity things as well. Like you had that old like vulture-looking dude up in space. Because uh, oh, yeah, 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 just yeah. floating past. Yeah, it's well, yeah, funny. Um, and Dark Blood, the the demon guy, I like that mm. character so much. Like, mm. he's, oh, he's, he's so cool. cool. Really going on me. And what happens to him in this episode? I was like, I I, I thought we weren't going to see him anymore. I was like, oh no. But, but then yeah, he's he that little tease at the end. Yeah. Which was nice, uh, but yeah, no. It, all in all, I, I'd give this a free piece. Mm. I'm definitely mm. sticking with this show. Uh, I wish I could watch more now, but yeah. you know, what the fuck's yeah. going on with the robot? Oh, that fucking robot! Oh yeah, he's he's shady as hell. I wouldn't What's say he's shady. I would I would I wouldn't say he's shady. I think he's trying to do a longer shot. I think he's trying to set them up so the team have someone that they go up against that's obviously going to be a little bit strong, but he's going to have a way to, like, give the team a win and, like, bring a team chemistry together. I bet, I bet you heard, all right, so you heard, you heard it here first, right? He's going to say something along the lines of, this was, with, this was not within my calculations and whatever he's created is going to go absolutely crazy. Probably, like, half destroy him, almost kill him. <laughs> yeah. And then they get the arse saved by Invincible. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, that's a good shot. Do we think? What's he doing? What's that little fetus creature? Do you know what I mean? Like, is he that's trying the, to that's create? That's the brother. That's the huh? that's the um, clone guy. No, it's not. No, that's a no. Different, that's a no. whole different thing. The clone guy is making his clone. This is some next fetus thing that that the company's <laughs> making. Like, it looks like we've only seen him take um, Rex Blood's blood. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming maybe he's collecting the blood of all types of heroes. Mm. That's what is I'm thinking as well. Putting it in this one thing, so it's like the ultimate hero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sort of like a nod to um um. Oh, what's his name from it, um DC? Um, Doomsday. 
the, the one the one the one that killed uh superman doomsday oh uh, doomsday doomsday yeah i think it's gonna be yeah. that that the equivalent of doomsday or, 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 or like, the boys yeah. Or that. Boys, yeah, but I, I was you know, like with the... Um, whoa, whoa, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Oh, sorry, go on. So then nobody speaks. Stevie, start. <laughs> no, I was just saying, it, I, I was just saying it, it's like the boys where um, they, you know, like they, they've got that element of um, like pe- like superheroes being created. So are they going to try and be doing that where they're going to try and create superheroes by collecting blood and, and, and injecting it into, into like unborn fetuses? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm done. T- <laughs> T- Thomas? Keith's T- gone now. T's had enough. He's had enough. Oh, he's on mute. Okay, he's probably he's probably dealing with something. Um, All right. Um, let me let me just go through quickly because um, I also like that. Have you noticed the dynamic between the, the mom and the dad? As in, the mom is legit chichi. <clears throat> every time she stands, every time she stands up to him, I'm like, I'm thinking, wow, this is just an ordinary woman who's making this that guy who's arguably the strongest guy in the universe, and or, well, maybe not in the universe because you know the, the others like him out there, strongest guy on earth, and he's just like zipping his mouth every time she says something. I think that is awesome. She is legit chichi. And the way he treats Mark is legit like Piccolo. <laughs> when he threw that punch, I remember when he threw the punch in episode one. And Mark's just keen and over things like that. So I just like the similarities. Obviously, they, they draw elements from um, DC. Um, but it's nice to see that if we actually look at the relationships and things like that, it, it just reminds me of you know, other things that we've seen throughout, throughout our years. Um I'm, re- I'm yeah yeah I think I'm just excited to see to see where this goes. Obviously, it's going for the comics, so I'm thinking I might just pick up the comics to start reading it, and I'll promise not to spoil it for anyone. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Is that done with Invincibles? That's me done with Invincible. Um, team maybe done. I don't know. Oh, I I got a lot to say here. I was listening to everything. Absolutely <laughs> sure. Um, I haven't seen it or read it. Yeah. That, that's my two seconds. I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, uh, gonna... I'm, I'm back, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, let me try that again. Invincible. Anything? Last comments on that? Um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm done on that. Um. I was. I was just gonna say in, in terms of that little fetus thing that they're creating. I was gonna say is it seems more along the lines of the original. Um, take on Deadpool, not the Deadpool movies, but from the Wolverine Origins movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know when they kind of combine, they give him like Cyclops powers and Wolverine powers and all this. So I think they're making yeah. like it's kind of like a Weapon X kind of thing, like a ultimate kind of superhero. But again, like, yeah. like Martin said, I can definitely see him going, Oh, I miscalculated. And do you know what I mean? And it's just going to go rogue and fuck shit up. Mm. Right. No, I'm definitely interested to see where this goes, man. This intrigued me. Nice, nice. Uh, mine. Yeah, so my my week. Um, so watched uh, Sensei Shitara Slime. I think this was the season finale. Uh-huh. Um, this episode was pretty cool, actually. Um, we actually got to see Milim's strength and just why she's a badass. I thought it was really, really good. Um, like I always say, I'm really deep into the into the manga, so I'm actually up to date on the manga. Um, 
But yeah, this fight is always awesome to see whether it's animated or I'm reading it, reading the chapter. Um, because you kind of see just how strong demon lords in general are, and then why Millen especially is. Um, I haven't seen the episode, by the way. Strongest. Okay, <laughs> so without any ado, <laughs> um, that's 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 my that's that's what I've done for. Uh, that's that's one of the anime I've watched. Um, the other one was Snowpiercer's season two finale. Uh, this is the Snowpiercer series on Netflix. Um, I think I'm gonna give this whole uh season three piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, I mean, it, it just takes you on a roller coaster of like emotions at times. Um, especially on how the characters are are um are sort of portrayed. Um. So we see Mr. Wolford, he looks very charismatic and everything like that, but we know that um um the OC alter he has ulterior motives and things like that. He always likes to be the the savior or have that have that sort of savior um persona about him, but really and truly he does a lot of things behind the scenes to, uh, to uh basically fuck up the trains um and sort of keep him in power. So just look at that dynamic and seeing how um uh, how oh. names and names have escaped me, but just again, just seeing how everyone um sort of has a tiptoe around him, sort of uh, be my own game, outwit him and whatnot, in order to uh, to maintain control of the of the train. So I thought that's absolutely awesome. Um, so um, otherwise, Andre Layton, Andre Layton is uh is the detective there who so he has he now has control of the train. Sorry, he had control of the train, but again, because of Mr. Wolford's scheming, he's then sent to Big Alice, which is Mr. Wolford's train, which is connected to the main uh, main Snowpiercer. Um, I is obviously sent all the way into the back, into the depths of it, to uh, to basically serve as serve hard labor. Um, but he and Ruth managed, to, you know, come together. Um, and sort of try to overthrow Mr. Walford. And yeah, I mean, again, I, I'll try my best to spoil it for, you, for, uh, for people who are willing who are waiting to watch it. But it's another really, really good uh, sort of season finale. And in fact, the whole uh, season two is is, is amazing. Um, next one is Kaifuku Jutsushi no Yari Naoshi, which is Redo Healer. Uh, this episode was... Mm. It was also okay. It was actually it was actually decent. I'll give it a half chicken just because I thought that the revenge that um uh uh or K Kiaruga um did was it just wasn't satisfied enough for me. It was actually a bit weird. Nah, he's what okay, he did, that's what I'm saying. What he did to Norm. This one was weird, but he made her the little sister and then he's banging her as well. Like what kind yeah. of ancestral little Yeah. But then again, like I said, this anime is basically hentai anyway, but like I'm not gonna lie, it's so good though. Like it's literally mm. it, it for me it's been my anime choice of the winter season. Um something I was gonna bring up earlier, jo- um Jobless Reincarnation won the award for the the um the new anime of the winter slate. Um oh, I, cool. I, I think that's a yeah, I think that's a a, a, a good choice. Um because mm-hmm. out of all the other animes that I've been watching that was recently started um this year, that probably other than Redo Healer, that probably has been my favourite. Um uh, you yeah. said uh, this is Redo Healer, so I think they mean other than um um Jobless Reincarnation. No, I'm oh, saying, I, I say well, Jobless I'm Reincarnation. Other, Jobless Reincarnation deserves the award for being like the winter slate anime. Ah, anime okay, yeah, okay. Other than Redo Healer. But then obviously 
the reason why Redo Healer wouldn't get notified is because Redo Healer isn't, in a sense, being streamed anywhere mainstream, isn't it? Because, like, like yeah. said, it's borderline hentai and a lot of places have, like, um, banned it or taken it down. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I really do hope Redo Healer gets a season two. I'm looking forward to seeing um, what other, like, badass characters they introduced for this guy to go up against because, you know, as OP as he is, you know, they need to create other, like, OP characters for him to go up against. Yeah, I mean, there is Bullet who's coming. I, oh, I just want Bullet to get in the worst. I think out of all of them, he's the one I want to see go down the worst. He's just so sick. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I have I no idea what's going to happen. Go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, I had a really funny moment earlier um, that, uh, about uh, the, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I walked into the, the lounge earlier today. Yeah. And my boy has started watching that show. <laughs> great, great. He's he's thirteen, yeah. and yeah, I walked in <laughs> at a point where the slime is sitting on some woman's lap with a massive teeth and her massive teeth are just covering his head. And her boobs are like bouncing up and down on her. <laughs> and then the, the woman next to next to next to him is like also like scantily dressed, and they and. <laughs> he looked at me. Just, just kind of like <laughs> embarrassed look on his face, and he's like, "Ah, uh, yeah." And there's there's a lot of fan service in here, Dad. Like, anime <laughs> out of context is always the best. Yeah, See, it, it's a good thing that you. Think at least that you know. Like, if you were a dad that was a bit oblivious to anime. And you had no idea, like, what he was watching or what kind of content it could be. That would have been even more awkward. Oh, <laughs> honestly. That's just why I watched anime. I never watched anime around my parents. So if I did, they were always watching stuff on TV. And also that, because the PCs used to be right behind them. Yeah. So, I also, yeah, I was able to watch the anime. I wanted to watch it and no, with no hassle. I could see oh, everything, yeah. everyone in front of me. If someone, if someone got up to you, come to the kitchen, then I knew exactly what to do. But yeah. Oh, listen, um, I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. Sometimes when I watch a yeah. redo healer, yeah, I have to turn the volume down just in case, man, because. Because, <laughs> some of the sounds. Oh, I turn the volume down just in case, man. Oi, it is wild. It's hella wild. Um, oh, I watched Eden Zero. Um, mm. I got the, I, I have the manga saved on my phone, but I just haven't started reading it yet. But um, Eden Zero came out um, last week. Um, two two episodes have already dropped on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I'm giving it a half chicken just because I haven't seen much uh, that much happen for it to you know give me that wow factor, bump up to uh, three piece of a whole chicken. Um, in a way, so the thing with the author is that he reuses a lot of character designs in all of his work. So um, if you look at Ravebuster all the way to Eden Zero, he's reused characters, he's redesigned characters, um, taken names and changed them ever so slightly. Um, so the story of so Eden Zero story is about uh, a boy who's sort of left stranded on a robotic planet. Mm-hmm. Or a planet that's populated by robots. Um, this planet is dying, basically. Um, so he ends up having to basically repair these robots, wait for uh, actual humans to come around to um, sort of take them away. Or the, the idea is that the robots are functional long enough so that someone can uh, come and take him. Um, so the character's name is Shiki. Um, so 
what we know so far about Shiki is that he's the son of um, the Demon Lord. Um, you learn this, this is not really a spoiler because you learned this in a very, very first episode. Um, he also has some hidden abilities that you see in episode one. He's saved by Rebecca, who is an imitation of Lucy from um, from Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Happy, who's made another, who has made an appearance as well. Um, they basically whisk him off this planet, and that's where the adventure starts. So, um, episode one, episode two, really, really good episodes. Um, so yeah, I've started that. Um, I think you guys yeah. should jump on it. I want to add just, that. Just I wanna, I wanna, is is that the new slate? So that's just recently started, right? That, that, we, that recently started. Yeah, started right. last week. So yeah, I'm gonna um, add, add that to the season. new slate. I need to cut. I need to finish some of the stuff on the old slate, the winter slate. But I will <laughs> add that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Eden's zero. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a really good adventure. So the way so the way it works is like it's almost like. There are loads of planets out there, right? And people just go from planet to planet. Like, imagine a planet as a country, for example. That's that's the best way to describe it because there's so many planets and everything's sort of um, to get from place to place. You have to go through. Uh, um, you have to travel through space and whatnot. And yeah, just the sheer volume of planets around them is just yeah. This is is why I say treat every planet like a country almost, so you can understand like the scale of things. Um. But yeah, it's really it's really good um, anime so far. But like I said, nothing's really given me that wow factor to give it uh, a higher rating. Um, start watching Tokyo Revengers. Um, so this is episode zero. So I think episode zero is just uh, introduction into. It's still a half an hour episode, but just the introduction into the characters, um, and just sort of explaining. I guess the abilities they'll be seeing, or this one ability that will be uh, that we've been seeing through, um, more of in the show. Um, so, I think I read the synopsis of this last, well, no, not last week, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, so the story revolves around this boy who is part of a biker gang. Um, his name is Takemichi Hanagaki. <clears throat> um, to, in order to save the love of his life, he basically goes back in time um, to when he was a, a teenager yeah. in high school and has to basically live that life, become the leader of the gang um, that was responsible for uh, killing her, killing his love, um, and essentially take over it so that he stops that event from happening. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so right now I thought I'd give it uh, a three piece. Some something's just uh, silly uh, high school stuff. Um, but judging by the new characters, especially uh, this guy called uh, Manjiro, who's sort of like the head of the of the gang, yeah. um, he's very very imposing, even though he's very very short. So um, just seeing the dynamics there and him sort of trying to investigate who it was, who is it that was responsible for. The gang ended up killing um, the love of his life. So, yeah, another good anime to pick up. So, Nana, if we make a note of that, Tokyo Revengers. I have already done that. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, next one was Skate Infinite, uh, episode 12. Um, yeah. This is just the season I'm, I'm behind on that, so don't say nothing. I'm on, like, episode... What episode <clears> on <throat> I'm on episode six, so don't even say it. Just tell me whether it's... Just give you your rating and move on. Okay, I'm going I'm to give it a three-piece. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, Shaman King episode one. Shaman um, King, if the spirit is one, he could be the. Shaman King yeah. intro is OP, man. It's it's, it's an underrated anime opening. Like it's actually it top is. tier. 
that, that, that opening is only for the English one. So that's why I keep saying I hope that the English dub version will have that opening. Nah. That opening was perfect. It doesn't need to change. I doubt it. Um, so, um, like we said in the past, this anime is a re... Um, it's sort of like a remaster, in inverted commas, of mm-hmm. the anime we got uh, way, way back in the day. I can't remember what year it came, but I think maybe before 2009. Um, yeah. Or thereabouts, maybe. Um so everything's pretty much the same except the animation has really um become more crisp to to emulate you know the anime of today mm-hmm. where you know movements are sharp everything's nice and in focus um um the story is exactly the same maybe they've changed one or two um i guess words here or there but everything's pretty much the same um later on things will dive will diverge so uh, which and the diver- the, the, that, that divergence is caused by the by this anime following the manga closely um so already we are um introduced to manta who's more to the english version the really short kid mm-hmm. um who then becomes the best friend of you um we're also introduced to um oh his name came away the biker guy with the elvis presley like <laughs> Hair. That's the best way I can describe him. Um, I think his name's Ryoko. Yeah. Um, you're introduced to the, these two. Ryoko is the leader of a gang, but he gets beaten up by Yo pretty quickly. Yeah. And... Amida Maru into the sword. Yeah. Amida Maru into the antiquity. We, 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 we see we see that as actually really good. Um, so yeah, this this will follow. Like I said, this will follow the old series to a certain point, and then all diverge. Um, good thing about this episode as well is that it actually introduces you straight away to who will eventually be the main uh, the main antagonist, mm-hmm. which is Yo's um, Yo's uh, uh, twin. Um, again, I can't remember what his name was. No, it's gonna be what, it's got it's got it's got a flash in my head. Uh, what what's, what's was it? Harrow. Harrow, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, yeah, yeah, Harrow, yeah. Harrow, um, yeah. As- As- Asakura. Asakura, yeah, mm. Asakura, Harrow. Yeah. Look around me, look beyond, <laughs> du- 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 unbreakable, sorry, I love that few song, I might play it at the end of the episode. <laughs> so yeah, um, this, right now, this this is a, this is a three-piece, um, in fact, it's a whole, I, I, I'll give a whole chicken. Actually, I'll give a whole chicken. I, I really enjoyed it. I gave, I, I, I gave I, it, I, that, I gave it a whole chicken purely of nostalgia. Like I absolutely yeah, loved yeah, it. Okay, um, it just brought back flooded memories. And when, when um, is it Lenny, Lenny, Lenny showed up? Like so. Yeah. It, for those, for those Lenny that, is Ren in the Japanese. In Japanese, yeah. he's called Ren, but yeah. Lenny in English. Yes. Yeah. And he has the most British white boy accent in the cartoons and he's meant to be Chinese <laughs> and it's absolutely yeah. hilarious and he's so, like he starts off as an antagonist and he, he, he's kind of like the rival character like he is he's Vegeta yeah he's he, Vegeta, I was like, he's Vegeta sure. to um, Yo's, Yo being Goku um, yeah and it's just really cool man I, I like I, I'm look, I hope this is a success um, mm. I believe that it's been listed for was it 54 episodes um, 50 52 episodes so each season is going to be 13 episodes. Okay. Uh, four seasons for a total of uh, 
Oh, 52. So the original the original run that we got over here was 64 episodes and it came out July 4th, 2001 to September 25th, 2002. So it seems mm. like it's going to be a little bit shorter. Um, I definitely do want to do an English rewatch and I also want to do a Japanese rewatch of the f- origin of the original first series because like... Oh, we could definitely do that together. I, I was told that uh, the Japanese one actually has a slightly different ending to the um, English one. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would just be easy of me to watch the English one because I can just kind of like stick it on in the background while I'm doing other things. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the Japanese one. I might not do the Japanese one now because this reboot is basically doing the Japanese one. So I might just carry on sticking on watching this. Um, but again, like I said, I'm I'm very happy. Like my my nostalgia juices are just flowing when I'm watching this. Um, like I said, Shaman King is a very underrated TV show and it's also got a very underrated um intro so i would highly recommend yeah. it out there's a character for everyone there's an ice character there's a black character um there's some you know the women in this kick ass um isn't his like fiance like super op i know i know i know yeah she's freaking she is che- again chi chi yeah she's the she's more she's more chi chi than uh than um the mum from and then uh, was, was it like faust some like demon doctor guy that was really sick as well and then you, Faust, yeah, and yeah. Then you had like the shaman police people that one of their friends joined, and you had uh, yeah, you have like that little fairy. So yep, you know, I, I remember, you know. I remember vague things about it. So again, they're just like nice to be watching about the fact that no one else is saying anything means like none of you are watching Shaman King growing up. <laughs> Duh, I'm I'm disappointed, but it is. What yeah, sorry, nothing <laughs> for me. Yeah, oh, but that's that's a, your that's a little bit out of your time there. Yeah, but it's coming on Netflix. So, what are you saying? I'm old. Well, you're old, <laughs> you're you're older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in like what year, year seven I'm when this came sure. out. Sorry, go on. Someone's old here. I'm pretty sure it's me. Anybody can beat thirty six. Thirty eight. Sorry, I'm the oldest. <laughs> All right, she's like, child. But again, I feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me you were sitting here like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, this came out like when I was like, in like year seven, year eight. So I'd have been like 12. So yeah, this would have been slightly um, after you lost time in terms of like cartoon watching. I believe, well, I want to say it was yeah. on Fox Kids. I think it was JX um, when it came out. Okay, so that was just, that was after my time. There are some things continued from Fox onto JetX, but that yeah. was after my time. Mm. Yeah, I feel I feel like it was yeah. on I feel like in, in the UK it was on Fox Kids. Cause that's 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 what I vaguely or maybe that's around the time when Fox Kids changed to JX. Yeah, because I know because Naruto was in that transition period as well, I think. Mm. Yeah. No, Naruto over at least here in the States, Naruto was on Cartoon Network. Naruto was on Tsunami, in it. No, I'm sure it was Fox Kids. No, I'm saying for America. Oh, in America, in America. No. Yeah. Fox Kids in the States was over by like 2002. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I was asking you for a while. Yeah, Fox, Fox, <laughs> Kids, yeah, Fox Kids over here so for a long time. Uh, so I'll, a funny thing, near the end of Fox Kids, they actually were airing, and this is like late 90s, early 2000s, they were airing Trantiga. Which is a show that you haven't seen yet, Nana, but it's in the Ultraman franchise. But that show originally was from like '96. Okay. Dang. Dang, son. But yeah, um, I'm trying to find out a date for when Show My King comes on Netflix. Uh, but it's coming on Netflix, which means that yeah, you'll definitely be able to watch it. I just so, don't yeah. know when. Yeah. 
Um, oh, I've also been watching the Cleveland show. Um, nice. The Cleveland show is just funny. Um, My name is Cleveland, bro. And I am proud to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've also, yeah, I've also picked up a new game called Subnautica. Um, it's part of PlayStation's uh, stay at home play thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can pick up for free. Um, the game is basically you crash landing on an alien world, which is, I say, ninety percent water. And your the idea is to solve, uh, scavenge, explore the the, the ocean depths. Um, you'll have both friendly and or I, I should say both docile and aggressive um aquatic life around you some absolute huge ass monsters what i've come across that I, I almost died from that one um nothing reminiscent of uh of our our um sea creatures uh, but again it's a very very good game um you know you you pick up materials like say silver ores um titanium ores and things like that build new things and then eventually um build sort of habitats for you to live in as you then go deeper and deeper into the ocean depths and explore it so i'm in, i'm really enjoying the game um it's for seven years plus because i guarantee you if this was an 18 or something like that i would not be pl- i would not be playing it um yeah it's very much a game that's like it was kind of a in terms of um structure wise it was like a prototype for what no man's sky ended up being it's a half resource management half ah. right yes 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 oh yeah because yeah you do you do have to um manage your depending on what game mode you put it i put it on um i guess on the basic one so you have to manage your water intake levels your um your hunger levels and then your overall health levels as well. Yeah, um, I mean, um, a resource management survival exploration game. Like the the harder yeah. difficult Fallout games really kind of pioneered the idea of like you have to eat every so often, you have to drink water every so often, you have to go to yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arc survival, um, No Man's Sky, The Raft. A lot of these games have that same kind of idea behind them. But this is like one of the earliest, if not the earliest, iterations of like this subgenre concept. Mm. Mm. My uh, my boy has um, played the shit out of this game, and he has played it so much that I could probably like tell you everything that <laughs> that actually happens. Yeah, in if it. you're just it now, the large aquatic life you've come across and almost killed you, they get yeah. bigger. Oh fuck that! <laughs> fuck like, that! End, end game stuff. You're fighting uh, fucking krakens and shit, and it's fucking ridiculous. See, I've, see, with survival games like this, I am a very, very cautious person. I know the way to play the game is not to be so cautious. Just go out and sort of see how you die and then sort of change your tactics and whatnot, right? But Yeah, it's your own advantage, infinite respawn. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm just going to be a bit more bolder and just go out and see shit. Whatever happens, happens. But yeah, that's that's my week, basically. Um, it took a while to uh, get it done, but yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm done be- my second. I'm going to be very swift. Uh, so Peter Grill, um, you know, I f- completely forgot about this anime. And after I finished watching Redo Heal, I was like, oh, yeah, Peter Grill, let me finish it and watch it. Um, it was only 12 episodes. And I forgot there were only like 10 minute episodes. So I got through it quite quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I only think I was a little bit disappointed in that the 12 episodes only got up to like maybe like chapter 10 in the manga. Um, mm-hmm. And I did start reading the manga. So again, I remember that I need to start continuing reading that. So I've pulled up on my like tabs. Um, so Solar Opposites, um, I had a little catch up of that and finished season one. 
Um, and I found out that season two in America is already finished, but we don't get season two to April 9th. Um, I, okay, episode seven, yeah. T, did you get to watch episode seven? It's T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I finished the season. You finished the season. Episode seven was freaking sick, man. Episode seven was that just was... literally a whole episode about the wall. And I, yes. like, literally, yeah. I hope we get a lot more of that in season two. Um, if I, Overall, yeah, the season probably gets a quarter chicken, but that wool season, that wool episode gets a whole chicken, and everything like yeah. combined in the different episodes leading up to that gets a whole chicken. Um, yeah, man, and also again, we got Jason Manzukis in this as well, uh, who plays um Rex in Invincible. So I was like, oh, this guy, he's getting a lot of work, he's making his money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to season two, I hope it does get better. Um, someone on the leftover army said that it's basically equivalent of a free piece, so I'll be looking forward to check it out. Um, but season one didn't do me as you know, it didn't excite me as much as I wanted it to. Mm. I, I I kind of agree. It, it's no, it's definitely no Rick and Morty mm-hmm. quite yet. Um, you can see the influence that Dan Harmon has on Rick and Morty being more of a storyteller. Whereas um, Justin Roiland, who is the creator of this one, who's the co-creator of Rick and Morty, mm. he's more of like an ideas guy and just random madness. Um, I I think some episodes are, are like a three-piece. Um, that episode seven was probably a, a whole chicken. I mm. love that episode. Yeah. It, it gave me even like kind of South Park kind of vibes. Do you know what I mean? Just how it's like, it's played absolutely straight. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just hilarious because of the like abs- abs- absurdity of it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I like how while they're like epic little adventures going on in the background, you kept seeing little clips, the main characters yeah. doing their thing, which was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, like I said, some, some episodes are better than others. There are moments that, give me kind of Rick and Morty kind of vibes. Um, And it's been nice to watch having kind of Rick and Morty withdrawal symptoms. This has kind of (laughs) been like a nice little bit of like, I don't know, like a nice little um, temporary kind of fix until I get season five. Sorry, did someone say something? Yeah, so there's an appetizer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Um... But like little things kind of reminded me of like of Rick and Morty, like the the whole thing with the ice lava, I thought was quite clever. Um, and it, it it's in a, in kind of some ways it's more ruthless than Rick and Morty because with the ice lava thing, obviously the ice lava went out and as it gets people, it freezes them. They managed to resolve it and re- reverse it, so all the ice lava came back into the mechanism. But as people were unfreezing, they would like burn away and turn to ash. Mm. So it's like, like they they kind of saved the day, but didn't at the same time because everyone still died. Do you know what I mean? But then obviously, at the end, you see them taking their ash and putting it in some machine. And making like the baby, making the baby versions of the people that died come back out. So he was like, "Well, at least they get another chance at life." Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> the little things like that I thought were funny. Mate, they're um, just as destructive as Rick. That's what I'm saying. I I can't wait for a crossover. I want to see. Was it Corvo meet Rick? Corvo? Yeah. yeah. Like I think that would be epic because they're basically like 
the same guy in a way. Mm-hmm. And Rick and Morty's whole thing is dimensional travel. So Rick can, if, if Rick and Morty don't exist in the same dimension, like on this earth, then he can get there. Do you know what I mean? Like he, the, he's shown that he has access to infinite dimensions and realities. Like there's a fucking reality where like the, the sentient life form on this planet is our pizza and their phones are humans and their chairs are phones. Do you know mm. what I mean? So yeah, like the limit, the possibilities are limitless. Um, they tackled time travel in the last episode of this season, which in Rick and Morty, they constantly make a point that they will never kind of, I mean, they, they touched on it once when you had like, um, the split timelines, but they never really tackled time travel in, mm. in terms of going back in time and changing things. Mm. And I guess clearly now that was Dan Harmon kind of putting his foot down and saying, no, we're not doing time travel. It's too fucking hard to write. And so Justin Roiland, now that he's got his own show, he's like, fuck you, I'm doing time travel. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I, the, the best thing about this show is that I need to keep reminding myself, this is on Disney+. Plus. Mm. This is a Disney product now. Do well, you know what I mean? It's a Hulu product. They keep, they keep banging about Hulu. Yeah, it's yeah it I mean, obviously, Hulu when, it, when it was made... Mm. Disney didn't own it, it was Hulu. Yeah. But now Disney own Fox, they own Hulu, like this is under the stars. At the beginning of every episode it says stars star original or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like even though we know it's not because they keep talking about Hulu. But my point is this is on a Disney platform. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. every time someone swears, they don't even bleep the swear words. I like, even South Park bleeps their swear words sometimes. Mm. Like uh, or, or they did in the past. And so every time someone's like, fuck or shit, I'm like, this is Disney. Like, I'm watching, I'm on Disney Plus right now. Mm. And the most fucked up, like, moment of me having to remind myself, this is Disney Plus, was when the kids were in the the principal's office and then he was, like, having a go at them. And then when they left, his, like, secretary or something was like, oh, it, it turns me on so much when you when you shout at the kids and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he bent her over the desk. Oh my gosh. Her, yeah. Her, her trousers and shit. It's like spread open her asshole and started licking out her bummel. And I was like, this is what? Disney Plus. <laughs> like, this wow. Is Disney product now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just made me laugh. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good show. I'd say, all in all, I'd probably give it somewhere between a half chicken and a free piece. Um, like I said, it's not quite Rick and Morty, but it has potential. And I, I've heard good things about season two, which is starting um, April 9th for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to start dropping out on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking for I hope, I hope yeah. they just drop that as a whole season and not week to week, you know. Like, it's finished in America, so why can't we just get it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. I don't think they will. They seem to like doing this whole, like, weekly thing. Maybe they're trying to differentiate themselves from Netflix. Mm. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like it. I like the characters. I like the scenarios they set up. Um, and I definitely like what's going on in the wall. I'd watch a whole show just about the wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. All right. Tim so- is a fucker. Oh my god, <laughs> well, that ending, isn't it? When he killed the chick <laughs> after he just banged her as well. That ending, bro. Oh my days. Like, yeah, I wasn't ready. God, I wasn't not ready. Like, I, I saw it coming in the moment, but up until that point in that episode, I didn't, I, like, I wasn't ready for that. Mm. 
and again like it, it the the original like boss the original leader of the civilization is out there somewhere yeah so he could come back mm-hmm. potentially and like i don't know man again it just shows like it's another example of how power corrupts do you know what i mean yeah no, it's definitely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward to it. it. All right, so last week I didn't get a chance to finish Seal Sta- Station. Um, I'm I'm happy I went back and finished it. Um, I'm yes. happy that I found out that I could put the right subtitles on because having the subtitles mm. synced up, like, it made it much more enjoyable. Um, yeah. I'm I'm gonna give it a solid three piece. You know, I think all across the board I'll give every film a three piece, and I'm gonna stick with that. Um, I was just like, why did you the black guy dirty like that? Man? That that pissed me off. I was so mad. I was so vexed and upset for him, man. Which black guy? The one that were like was um cross used like the tightrope to get across, and then he used oh, the yeah. tightrope to help her up. And obviously, because he was taller, he was dangling lower, and they uh, able to get him. Like, yeah. oh, that- I like, I like, I liked how they kind of um, how that played out because obviously they they just managed to like reach her foot. Yeah, and and then obviously when he come, like you said, because he's taller, they just mm. grabbed him. Boy, yeah, and pulled him down. Yeah. That is why I'm not helping anyone in a zombie apocalypse type well- situation. <laughs> I'm not helping anyone. If well, I'm, to be to be honest, yeah, in that situation, I thought, why do you do? Um, why do you not come across with like, um, you know how like when you've got your legs on the rope? Yeah, I I thought he was True. gonna do that. I didn't know he was gonna go hang and like, cause all she needed was something extra to grab onto. You. She didn't necessarily need to like pull her all the way up. Nah, she didn't need anything, bro. I would have left her, mate. Oh yeah, no, I would have left her, cause then again, she was gonna die anyway, cause she got scratched by a zombie anyway. <laughs> and again, I I didn't I didn't see that coming either that was one of my um remember i said i, I couldn't quite specify what i was talking about but yeah because you, just, you I said there were four moments where my jaw dropped and i was just mm. in like done silence yeah and that was one of them at the end when obviously well one of them now that you know about the dad yeah and he'd be when it revealed who he is mm. yeah that was I dark did not, <laughs> i did not see that coming so mm. when that dropped i was like oh shit yeah then the next moment was when that guy sliced the other guy's neck. Yeah, slit his throat. Oh my days! That I was, was like, <laughs> oh shit! What yeah. the what? Yeah. And then obviously the last one was like obviously when he when he her fake dad took her to the other room and was like kicking her up, beating her, yeah. and chucked her on the bed and was gonna rape her. And then like um, she and died. Then she she died, didn't it? And then she came and he, back. You're thinking, oh, he killed her. Like he yeah. beat her to death. But then it's like, no, nah, it was that scratch, like you said. Mm. And then she wakes up as a zombie and she goes for him. And again, like the way it was um, not shot, what did it say? The way it was drawn or animated, mm. where you just see the shadows and her yeah. just fucking him up. I was like, that ending made it a whole chicken for me. It was mm. a free piece throughout the film. Yeah. But the ending alone made it a whole chicken. And the, and the, the last jaw dropping moment was when that homeless guy climbed up on the bus. Oh, they, they the shot him. Riot police. And oh. then they just shot him. Oh, yeah. Man. Nah, man. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was crazy. That upset me. Yeah, after he's lived, he survived so long. But yeah. I can't, I, that one I saw coming in it. Um, but yeah, the the, the 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 basically black guy getting killed, like the worst out of everyone. Just like, after he tried to help her as well. 
Uh, that yeah, that that annoyed me. But yeah, I really enjoyed mm. it, man. And there's, if you someone that you've watched Train to Busan, I would highly recommend you check out Seal Station and also Peninsula. I know the other two guys. No, that, don't. don't <laughs> I know the other two guys that enjoy Peninsula, but I did. Uh, uh, last thing that I want to say is that um, two things actually. Um, I guest appeared on um Micah's little like um. Uh, football reaction streaming thing it was Arsenal versus Liverpool I was on that episode uh, it was very entertaining because uh, Liverpool went on to win 3-0 uh, so it's quite jokes uh, and also just in general I've like since we got um, Twitch affiliate I've been slacking a little bit but I've started to stream again I've been generally playing Apex uh, I'm slowly getting better at Apex um, I, in my last <laughs> stream in our last stream yesterday uh, we won uh, we were champions twice Um I got raided by gospel of like 41 people um, like on Thursday about 21 of them st- stuck about got maybe like two new followers uh, did a really good job of raising averages so guys if you like the podcast um, I am working on getting a new laptop so when I get a new laptop um, while we're recording I'm hopefully going to be bro- broadcasting the recordings live on Twitch as well so you can kind of get um, us recording but with that as well I need to like get myself a comfortable chair i need to have somewhere to like put the laptop because like i said right now because like we're doing this all covid friendly and socially distant share i'm lying in bed recording so you know what i mean and like it's comfortable for me but it might not be the best like visually but um yeah so uh there will be steps made and be put in place over the next two weeks to have a better laptop i can use my old card i can stream a lot more different things. I can have my overlay. I can stream games on my Twitch. Um, hopefully, I can actually stream this podcast so you guys can see us as we're recording live. Um, and then, obviously, as well, potentially, if any like people are listening, they want to ask us questions, interact with us, we can do that. Um, but yes, follow us on Twitch. Blurs or us, all one words: B L E R D S R U S. Give us a follow. Give us a like. If you want to help out the show, you can subscribe. That gives us money it gives us well it gives us money when we hit a hundred dollar um, amount for art to be deposited into my account um, i'm going to use that to pay for the subscription which at the moment works out to be about 75 pounds for the year and i at some point when we go back to the recording live i do want to upgrade these microphones i do want to upgrade these cables um and just continue putting our whole show like i said we're getting close to episode 200 we've been doing this for I don't know. I want to say three years have we doing this now. And then, yeah, three years. Yeah, I want to say, I feel like it's been three years. It might be a little bit longer. Maybe even coming up to four years. Oh, wherever, wherever it is, it's been it's been passed. Wherever, because I think we started in like February, March. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's been a, it's been a while. So a hundred a hundred episodes was also our two year anniversary. If you're doing it weekly, 104 weeks is, you know, two years. So, yeah. So, you must well, be coming we, up to four years, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, our first episode was on 21st of February 2017. So, yeah, we've already done four years. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, heading, we're heading into our fifth year as a podcast, man. So, definitely want to do things to like make it better, reach and make it entertaining for those that st- have stuck around and, you know, supported and listened. And, you know, I don't. I, I actively hang around to try and make things worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but hopefully, like, I think like 2019 might have been like one of our best years where we were like, we did. Um, 
like four different Black Panther showings with panels of like Ryan Coogler um, oh, and stuff sick. like that. Um, we also had, um, we went to a Creed panel and literally like everyone was there, but Rocky was there uh, because Michael B. Jordan was there. Um, Tessa Thompson was there. Um, we also went to um, a show of Idris Elba's new movie and he was there. Like, so hoping, oh, when, yeah. the, hoping when the world opens up, um, we can build on our credentials and hopefully get a little bit more uh, access to things like that. And so we can bring you, you know, some movies in advance, get you some interviews. Um, do you know what? Yeah, one of these days, I just want to be invited to a red carpet. I just want to be swaggered out and just be on a red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, not working, like not interview people. Literally just like, oh yeah, you guys come to a red carpet. That would be fucking sick. Or getting <laughs> like, one thing that, again, when the world opens up, I really, really, really want to go visit... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but you know that um, that thing that they used for the new for the Mandalorian, that like CG oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. computer game TV screen, or whatever it was, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called, but I want to go visit that. I want to see that like in work. Like I want to see how they use it. I want to be on the set. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm really enthralled and in awe of that technology. I just want to see it like in operation in in person. Yeah. So that would be something that I'll be looking to do. Um, and then, yeah, potentially, like, you know, get access to some movie sets and just, yeah, but like I said, I, I, as we grow and as we get bigger, like, I want us to do more things for those that, you know, enjoy listening to this. So just, you know, the more you support, because sometimes, you know, things do cost money. And uh, at the moment in time, it's, it's, I, it's, we can't afford to do a lot of things um, out of my own pocket. But again, if we support guys streaming and sending donations and stuff like that, um, yeah, we can hopefully, I don't necessarily say big time, but we can do a lot better than what we're doing now. Um, but yeah, we have rambled on a long time. Uh, we're going to try and get through this news as quickly as possible. And then we're going to do a review of Godzilla and King Kong. Welcome to Blurs or Us News. All right. Uh, Dono Fashion, who played Turk from Scrub, has been cast as Professor Utopian in a live-action Powerpuff Girls. Um, as much as I love Turk, I really do love Turk, I don't understand why he's been cast as Professor Utonium. Like, why? God. Ugh. Yeah. Any, anyone else have any thoughts on that? I'm sorry, I cut out for a bit. I missed that whole section. What have you thoughts on? Turk, Scrubs, Castles, First of Teutonium, Thoughts. I hate it. I'm not, yeah. I, I love him, but I'm, I, I love the actor. I love him as Turk, but I just, yeah, why? I, yeah, he's not a Professor Utonium, man. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, maybe he could pull it off, but I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling it. Apparently, I, d- I didn't click on the link, so I don't know who it was, but Mojo Jojo Jr. has been cast as well. Wait, Mojo yeah. Jojo Jr.? Mojo Jojo. No, did you say Jr. or Mojo Jojo? Yeah, Mojo Jojo oh. Jr. Wait, as in there's another Mojo Jojo? Yeah, the son of Mojo Jojo is going to be in this show. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I am completely oblivious to all this. Is this a live action show that's being done? Yeah, I thought it was a movie. Yeah. Then, no, it was a show. Mm. See, I, I didn't know any of this was even a fucking thing that was going on. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they're making a live action. Basically, it's the Powerpuff Girls when they're older. Mm. They've given up being superheroes, and then like something's gonna draw them back into that life. Um, okay. Random giant monsters are showing up in town of town, so basically, yeah, but basically, I I don't um, know who's been cast as Miss Blossom. Is that no? Miss no, Blossom, Miss yeah. Bellum, Miss Bellum, that's it. Miss Bellum, yeah. Because we never that's saw her face; we just saw her legs. Yeah, I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they'll continue that in this in this show. So I guess it doesn't really matter who they cast. Yeah, just get someone with big tits and uh, <laughs> <laughs> big tits and ass. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's true. That would be interesting, man. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not feeling that casting, to be yeah, honest. Nah, man. Um, but you never know. All right, cool. T, I'm going to let you take the lead on this next piece of news since um, you've got... You would want to write it down. All right, let me just open my notes and catch up. Um, so, uh, speed. Oh, you've gone. You've gone. You disappeared. Of casting the... Oh, sorry, T, start, start again. You disappeared. I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, start again. <laughs> Hello, sorry. All right, Obi Wan mm-hmm. cast list has has been released. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ewan McGregor obviously is back as Obi Wan Kenobi. Hayden Christensen is obviously returning to redeem himself as Anakin Skywalker. Um, we have uh, Moses Ingram. I'm not sure who she's playing. Uh, I'm not familiar with her as an actress, but apparently she was in Queen's Gambit, which everyone's been going on about recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel She's Edgerton. Supporting cast there, so nothing big on her yet. Yeah. Um, Joel Edgerton, who is a good actor, he was in, um, what was that film with Tom Hardy where they were UFC fighters? Oh, Warrior. 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 That film was sick. I like that film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he obviously, he played Uncle Owen, the young Uncle Owen in uh, Revenge, of the, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. So he's back to reprise that role. Um, Bonnie PC, uh, uh, she's back and she played Aunt Baru again in, in um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So we've got those two back. Uh, Camille Nanjiani, my guy. Mm-hmm. This guy is getting that Disney money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I remember him as like a comedian in like yeah. these little roles. I think he was in... I didn't. I never saw it. He was in a film called Stuba, with yeah, Batista, yeah, and it was about an Uber driver. Um, but yeah, now he's in Star Wars and he's in, he's in Eternals as well, and he has got ripped. Mm-hmm. He has gotten ripped. He's boy. got bare hench. He's got a hench, bro. That's that Disney gym, boy. I'm telling mm. you, mate. I'm telling you that Disney gym, fucking, it turned Chris Pratt into a fucking. Do you know what I mean? Into a, like a, a chiseled. Adonis. Anyway. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, boy, they, their their possibilities are endless over there, boy. Um, but yeah, we've we've got um, Indira Varma, who was from Game of Thrones. Um, she was the Red Viper's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Rupert Friend, who was in Hitman Agent Forty Seven. So that was not the not the first Hitman movie that came out. The second one, he was um, Agent Forty Seven. He was the Hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have O'Shea Jackson Jr., who, as we all know, is Ice Cube's son. Um, he played his he played his father in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, so that's an, another nice little connection to our main topic today. Um, we have Sun Kang, who was from Fast and the Furious franchise, um, and then we have I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think he needs to have done much. I'm not sure about them, but Simone Kessel um, and Benny Safdie. So again, I'm not quite familiar with those two. Um, it's interesting that someone called Kessel is in a Star Wars film because obviously you've got the Kessel run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that seems like a really good cast to me. Um, I'm, I was watching this anyway, do you know what I mean? But yeah, um, guys, what are your thoughts on this cast? Yeah, it sounds like all the actors and actresses in this are like you know credible. Um, and I, like 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 you, I was gonna watch this anyway. So bring it on. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to say I'm happy to see Hayden Christensen back. Um, because I think I think with the Star Wars franchise, it wasn't so much his acting; it was more the script surrounding it. Um, yeah, so he had a bit of a bad rap from that, so I'm hoping that this redeems him somewhat. Um, well, and the real thing about it is that George Lucas just can't direct actors. He's great at mm-hmm. setting up shots, good at like establishing a world and world building, but he's not good, you know. Famously, throughout the prequels, the, you know, his directing style was saying to them faster, more intense, and that's not uh, direct. That's nonsense, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know how. To, he's, he's like the filmmaking equivalent of Elon Musk, where you're like, are you actually a human being or no? <laughs> no, definitely. Um, <laughs> just, I, it's just, just talks with loads of ones and zeros. I'm sure you understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why Hayden Christensen has been cast. What do you mean? He was Anakin. I mean, I guess but, he, he is. Yeah, but right now, in, in where this is, they can have anyone in the suit, innit? You don't need Hayden Christian. You just need oh, yeah, cool. yeah. then replace Ewan McGregor with someone else, then, isn't it? Oh, no, but he has a point. It's a matter of the fact that once uh, Anakin is in the suit, he's Darth Vader, and we always identify Darth Vader as the suit, and James Earl joins his voice. Mm. So yeah. you could have anybody in the stunting for it, but I think it is the right move to make ultimately to have the person who was play who played alongside with Ewan McGregor on screen during the prequels, being the person who is occupying that suit, even if it doesn't necessarily, it's not, it's not needed, but I think it'll probably help with Ewan McGregor's performance with it overall. And that's why I think it's the right choice. The reason why I like it as well is because in Rogue One, I think you see him take off, you see Darth Vader take off his helmet. So it could be a thing where, you might see a bit of his face every now and again. I just think it'd be nice having Chris, uh, sorry, Hayden Christensen's face being seen as Darth Vader's. Yeah, I hope, you know, I, I hope he gets, I, so this is the thing. I hope he gets redeemed. However, I don't like the fact that Darth Vader and um, Obi-Wan are going to meet up again in this TV show because mm. in the movies, it felt like they hadn't seen each other since the end of episode three um, mm. to what we saw in episode four. And, you know, I don't like that in terms of the continuity. I would have rather seen Darth Maul come into the show. We already had him. Yeah, uh, sure. It might happen, though. We already had him plenty in Clone Wars and or yeah. Rebels. Clone yeah. Wars, I think. 
so forth. But, yeah, but I think I, I I understand your standpoint on that. I think part of the problem is that because the prequels just didn't do it quite right. Because what I would have liked to have had in by episode three, um, here's me really quick arm check, armchair quarterback <laughs> the entire prequel trilogy is remove episode one entirely so episode one now is episode two where we meet him as a teenager or something so he's already kind of rebellious and it makes more sense for the character to go bad that way right and you by episode three of like with the fall of the republic you have various meetings between obi-wan and vader over various worlds over the course of the purging of the jedi and everything right so like you know, they have a fight, and uh, Anakin loses, and so now he's got, you know, part of the suit on, or something to it. A gradual shift as opposed to it being one fight at the lava pit on uh, Mustafar that puts him in the suit, as opposed to, like, yeah, you know, he lost a couple fights, this had to be replaced, this had to be replaced, and then, like, oh no, but then the last meeting they had fucking full-on dropped him in lava, and that's why the mm-hmm. whole suit at this point. Yeah, it would have been nice to cool. see, like, a a period of Obi-Wan being like, there's still time. You can still turn back. And Anakin's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the comics, I know that um, although they never meet each other until they get to the Death Star, they do, however, I mean, you do see um, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan sees the news that oh, Darth Vader's been... Um, um, obviously, he, he's now been appointed. Um, so this new figure is Darth Vader. This is where the Emperor introduces uh, Darth Vader to the galaxy, and there's sort of like this huge—I don't know—emotional dread that that you that you see from uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. So I guess it could be something like that. Even though they never see each other, it could be just maybe the drama that surrounds them both. So um, Darth Vader looking to fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi again and Obi-Wan sort of dreading his meeting with him and maybe maybe that journey instead. Mm. That would have been nice, but I, I think they're definitely meeting and, and having a fight because I think it was Kathleen Kennedy mm. um, who said this is going to be the rematch of this century or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So I think they're definitely going to be clashing lightsabers in this show. Mm. Okay. It's one of those gl- glaring issues of like, oh, the original trilogy, you know, when they meet at the Death Star and he says, you know, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I am the master. And it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to fit in with that particular line in the original movie and everything. But the universe has grown big enough and expanded mm. enough to where we can, we can flub that. I mean, they've done far worse things. Leia going, I remember my real mother just a little bit. She died when I was very young. Yeah, in childbirth. That's a real good memory you got there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true. If that's canon, we it's can go cool. with it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Hmm. All right, let's move on. Uh, we had some controversy as we do in the UK. Every once in a while, uh, Plymouth Academy sees school staff resign and head teacher loses confidence vote amid student protests against strict uniform policy. Mm-hmm. Union Jack outside of school and the curriculum. Uh, Daniel Smith has promised to revise a ban on hairstyles that block the view of others, headscarves covering all hair and hijab colours. Now, we're getting to a point where certain things just need some levels of common sense. Like, if they are certain, like, if someone's rocking a Marge Simpsons hairstyle, you just stick them to the back of the class. Yeah, you don't need to then say, "Well, you got it." No, you stick them to the back of class, or you put them in a situation where they don't block any other students. Like, 
Oh, oh I, I don't want to go delve into this too much. Minds of this, you know, of on the one hand, freedom of expression, especially for youth, is very important, and I get that. I vaguely remember being a teenager. Vaguely, it's been a long time, but I vaguely remember it, and that is important. And yeah, you could easily move someone who has an obstructive hairstyle choice to the back, but then of course, helicopter parents are like, "Oh, you're, you know, being prejudiced against my child and their expression, blah blah blah, whatever." At the same time. I sit there and go, yeah, but this is really just getting, like, I can understand from an administrative standpoint these days of, as I've grown older about, about being like, yeah, but this is really just getting you set for the real world, you know, mm. where, like, any job, most jobs you go to, if it is a office environment, there are dress codes, there are hair codes. The, I don't know about in the UK, but at least in America, there's still very strict laws on visible tattoos for most lines of work, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But at the same time, it is what it is. So sometimes it's good to prepare. Like if you're not going to amend and uh, do reformation for these policies for, you know, your uh, your targets and WalMarts and this and that and shit, right? If you're not going to do that, and you're not going to enforce like freedom of expression in the workplace, then getting the kids ready to accept the fact that this is how life is going to be isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm. So yeah, I, I see where it's coming from. I haven't, I, been follow- I haven't been following the story, so I just want to say, Martin, like, do you want to like expand on it a bit more? Um. Yeah. So with this ban, so in addition to um hairstyles, for example. It's also things like the color of the hijab. So if the hijab is any other color, but the color that they've uh, decided for students to wear, then that is seen as an issue. Mm. Um, if a headscarf um, also having to cover the entirety of the head and whatnot, um, so which means that no hair is visible, that's also um, uh, something that they uh, have that they've, they've, they've uh, alluded to not, uh, sorry, alluded to banning as well, or, you know, sending kids home and stuff. Um, and lastly, the curriculum, which is, um, I, I think it stems from the Black Lives Matter protests and whatnot, just people were to um, have more uh, culturally diverse, um, a more culturally diverse uh, curriculum, even things like, um, like, uh, um, uh, well, uh, name came or went. Um, I have no idea. Sorry, no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's um. Oh, wow. What is what? <laughs> okay, this is going to sound so bad. Yeah, but what is the day that that? What do we call the day that we saw celebrate a uh, black Black History Month? That's black, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so things like so even things like Black History. Yeah, so that so things like Black History Month, for example, um, the school doesn't really touch on it. So that's those are sort of changes they're looking for. Um, those sort of changes that the students are looking for. Um, I I just think that you know when it comes to hairstyles, um, one thing that we've mentioned before on this podcast is that hairstyles tend to be more European centric, I guess. Where you know. Um, Kids have been pulled out of school for having sort of dreadlocks and whatnot. Um, you can't have those kind of hairstyles. So, for example, white kids are able to have long hairs, especially if you're talking, looking at girls. They can have their hair long, but for black girls, for example, the only way they can have long hair 
is if you you know put chemicals in the hair to relax your hair or whatnot, so you can never have your natural hair. So, um, things like that for for our, our, things like that, for example, are um, for me personally are are things like to be more people need to be more accepted of that. You know, if people do have different hairstyles. We can't just have this thing where if your hair's obviously black people's hair because it grows in that into an afro, um, cut it short because you know it it. it the obscure views of others, whereas with white people, they have all the hair in the world because you know it never seems to uh, seems to uh, obscure people's vision and whatnot. Um, yeah, there's a thing called genetic, and yeah, maybe the recognizing of that. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't tell a fat, you wouldn't say to a fat kid or, or someone who's like six foot four, six foot four in in school, really fat kid. Going, oh, sorry, can we ban fat kids from being in our school because he's, you know, or f- from a lesson or whatever because he's obstructing <laughs> our view, or whatever? You wouldn't. You know, no one would even think to do that. You just say, okay, move to the back or move to the side of the room so, um, so everyone can see the see the board or whatnot. Um, thing very interesting to me because, like, color designating, like that. You that sounds it, to me. It just sounds like administrators who don't know what the culture is making rules based on nothing. And it's like, you don't know what the various colors mean. They could mean something that's very specifically cultural. And now you're telling them to, and that's a violation. I mean, at least in America, it's a violation of freedom of the first amendment, part of the first amendment and so forth. So it's like, that's ridiculous. Like, especially if it's like, come on, Yeah, yeah. Even even thing with the Union Jack, right? I know the Union Jack for means different things for different people, which is why for me, for example, I'm someone who thinks that if the school wants to have the Union Jack there, fine, have it up there because we live in UK. UK is surrounded by histories of both people living in England as well as people outside England. I mean, you can look at the Statue of Churchill, for example, and for English people, British people, they can feel that, yeah, this is this is an amazing statue, blah, blah. If you look at someone from India, for example, looking at Churchill, they might say, this is the guy that allowed for um, for something like 3 million Indians to to starve be- um, because he chose not to get, um, send emergency food to them, that kind of thing. So, in terms of Union Jack, um, yeah, maybe people should be, need to be more uh, culturally aware of things, of memes and things like that, but to be fair, in the UK, it, 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 it evokes different emotions for everyone, so that's a, that's a bit of a harder one to to um, argue against. Um, yeah, we, we we have that in the states. It's called uh, the Confederate flag. We have a very uh, similar. Yeah. I think ours is a bit more cut and dry. Uh, oh, yours again, definitely yours definitely our, is. Yours is a war where yours is a colonization and conquering thing. So they're a little bit different, but at the same time, you, yeah, it's very much an issue of like. You know, some people go, oh, it's history, and we're just, you know, remembering history. And other people go, yeah, but your history is about racism and oppression and so forth. It's like, so where do we go? Yeah, exactly. So there definitely needs to be a conversation around that. But um, uh, the the head teacher has uh, decided to revoke most of the most of the um, bans uh, he's uh, put to policy. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a positive thing. I think it also shows that, you know, I, I guess this whole experience teaches young people that if you do go out and protest, um, it'll come to a point where, you know, whoever's in charge will actually start to listen to you because at the end of the day, it puts a negative spotlight on them. No one wants negativity, negative uh, 
uh, media covering them. So um, I guess that's a positive thing out of this as well. Um, so yeah, that's the news. Um, so just to, con- just to continue, uh, Netflix will... Uh... Actually, now, do you want to read this? Yeah, I can read that. I was looking. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this guy reading my shit for?" <laughs> I was going to, I was going to continue it, but then <laughs> you can't make some weird Um, so basically, uh, we got a couple of days before it was officially announced. We found out that the Netflix, uh, which season two had been wrapped up by someone that was in the hair and makeup department. Um, but like I said, um, like a couple of days later, Henry Cavill. Um, drop something to like officially say that it had been done. Um, Netflix is also about to drop 400 million for the Knives Out sequel, um, the second and third movie. Um, that's a lot of cheddar, okay. man. A lot of cheddar. Um, I really enjoyed the first movie. Um, I wasn't sure if they were going to do sequel because like, I think it works better as a standalone. Um, but when this comes out, I will check it out. Um, and last in terms of general news, uh, Mortal Kombat has been delayed to April 23rd. So go wait just that little bit longer for that movie. I think they've done that. Combat. They want to let Godzilla and versus King Kong breathe a bit, which, you know. I'll say, I'm pretty sure they're not going to have it in the movie, but I'm still going to be disappointed and it might take a full like ranking off of that movie if we don't get the old school Immortals from the original movie Mortal Kombat theme in there. Oh, listen, I, just, I, 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 that. I highly doubt this movie's going to get a whole chicken just be pure in the face that Luke Cage isn't in this movie. Not Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, Luke Cage. Jo- Johnny Cage isn't in this movie. Like, oh. Power Man is not in Mortal Kombat. Weird. Like, we all, you guys have, um, I assume both of you have watched at least, or everybody here has watched at least the original Mortal Kombat movie oh, from yeah. 96. Just, like there's something about that music where you watch the second movie annihilation and that movie is so fucking bad but when the third mm-hmm. act starts and they're all pairing off and that fucking theme music kicks back in just mortal Kombat. you sit there and go oh, yes let's go what movie have i been watching for an hour and a half <laughs> Such a good goddamn song, and it's not going to be in the new one, but it fucking should be. It should be in everything. <laughs> I play in every, I'm holding I'm out in at least once. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I personally am holding out. Na- Nana's looking forward to Luke Cage being in it. <laughs> I'm personally looking. Johnny, I'm Cage. looking forward to to Terminator, uh, Predator, <laughs> uh, no more. Uh, who else? The Ninja Turtles, I think. Okay, oh, that's DC. Oh, that's Rambo, Terminator, Freddy, Jason. They've all been in Mortal Kombat now. Yes. The new one. They are. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they should be in the film. Mm. All right. So I want to just kind of move on real swiftly. Uh, and I, I don't want to say this justifies my little outrage that I had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but Mother of T of Missing T and Richard Accord. I'm not going to say that surname because I don't want to butcher it. Was, was basically told it. by police, if you can't find your son, how do you expect police officers to find your son? Richard has been missing since Monday, 22nd March, and lives in Ladbroke Grove. Met police have said since Monday, 29th, that they are becoming necessarily concerned for Richard's welfare. Now, again, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but I did, on a couple of episodes, I did say it, yeah? Look how swift they responded, yeah? 
And again, no fault of her own, but when a white woman went missing, if a middle-class society yeah, went missing, how quick the police were to respond, how quickly it went from, like, you know, went from, like, local news to national news, how, you know, there was, like, a million posts on Facebook, she was trending, you had celebrities coming out talking about it. Like, you've had this missing black kid, and for the first couple of days that he was missing, you saw a couple of posts on Facebook but it hardly gained any national attention. And, I may. And, I may. Yeah, uh, this is a perfect example of the definition of, wait for it, white privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like I said, I, I in a couple of episodes, like, I, I kind of raged it because I was a little bit outraged because not only was it, not only was it an example of white privilege, but like, when the situation happened, yeah, like, a lot of people were just going after, like, well, from what I was seeing, a lot of people were going about after like um, the male. The, the, uh, for, for, to, uh, 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 let me start that again. <laughs> there was a lot of calls for like you know, um, men to have a um, oh, what's a the word? Yeah, a curfew that men shouldn't be allowed out at six o'clock, and like basically like all men are scum and like all men like go out raping women and sexually assaulting their men. All like, and I was I was very triggered because like. I like to, th- like, don't get it twisted, I'm not a perfect person, here, but I like to think that, not just women, I like to think that I generally try to f- treat all people the same, do you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. I thought you was about to, th- no, I didn't think, but it just made me laugh before you was about to say something very different, like, they're, they're, they're saying there should be a curfew because men go out raping, and I was triggered because I like to rape. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely like what you going to say. <laughs> And in other words, white men are double worse. Yeah, but yeah. It, 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 there was a, there was a lot of that in it, and like I just like I said, it it just got on my nerves just a little bit in it, and literally, oh, yeah, sure. uh, uh, you're uh, right, absolutely right to be enraged by it and hold that rage and keep fucking being outraged. Yeah, and then like literally, th- this is an example of what I was talking about. Literally, what two weeks later. You have this missing, this missing black boy who's uh, is he? Is he got sickle cell? Um, I think so. From what I've, yeah, I think he does. So he, he's got something that's like even makes him even more vulnerable than the normal person. Isn't it? And like when I heard that statement, that police was the police just basically said like, well, you know, if we can't find your child, even though you pay your taxes and this is kind of one of the things you expect us to do, we're not even going to bother to help you. And it was just like. It, That's it, fucking awful. It was it, disgusted. Really. Like literally, it, it 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 was it was. Again, I hated the fact that it kind of proved my point, but it was just it was, it was annoying, and I I really do hope that he turns up. But obviously, like you know, the longer it it, it takes that he hasn't been found, the more likely something nefarious has happened to him. Um, um, but and it was and. There, there is a certain level from your outrage previously to what you were just saying. There is a certain level of morbid catharsis mm. to it about like this is what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And you don't want to have more examples to prove your point, but here it is, and it proves your point. Yeah, and- I, I would rather be proved wrong, but then. Right, <laughs> I get proved right, and I'm just like, and then this even links into the next point. Yeah, and this was so. This was so obviously like. Um, we've had a lot of crazy shit going on recently, like especially last year with George Floyd and stuff. So there's been a very, there, there's been quite a, a few 
elements of racial tension in this country. Uh, obviously, you've got your own racial tensions over in, in the States, but we have our own over here in the UK. And the stuff with the school, the stuff with this case, you know, there's over the last like 36 months here, there's been a lot of racial issues in the UK. So the UK government commissioned a report to basically deny systematic racism and that other European countries should be modelled after the UK. So yeah. basically, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure. Sure, okay. That's- it was basically to say like we're not racist. All the other countries should be like us. And we and like when I read this, I was like, wait, what? How could you potentially think that there isn't an issue in in the UK? Like, there's so much evidence around you. Like, what you, the hell? You, you sit there and you you know the term backhanded compliment. Yeah. But you never thought that there was like a backhanded compliment to yourself until yeah. things like this. You know what I mean? Where you're just like. The the balls that it takes to say every single word of this entire diatribe that you lunatic motherfuckers just said is baffling and profound in terms of audacity and egomania to a level that is unbeknown in the real world and is literally something that fucking Victor Von Doom or Lex Luthor would say and you sit there and go, wow, you actually exist. You, yeah. You're you real. That You said that just now. You said that. Do you know, do you know, what, wow. do you know what was even more funny? One of the like... Um like companies that they used to like back up their, their statement basically turned around and was like, hold on, we didn't know anything about this. Like, you, you've quoted us saying that we said this, but like... The statistics that they are referencing that were done by us in no way at all actually represent what they're saying right now. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. And one of the um, one of Boris Johnson's, like... Um, I don't even know what his role was, but I think he was, like, he was like part of, like, um, the team to promote diversity... He, oh, it was the advisor to uh, to him on yeah on diversity. Yeah, he quit. He was like, "No, I'm. I, I, there's no way I can stand behind this. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, get- the thing lately, about, like first and second rule of countries in the last like ten years of just like, hey, you know what we're gonna do? You know who we're gonna elect to our heads of state? Forty five or like actually like mid fifty year olds that are actually still fourteen. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm baffled, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is is actually actually outrageous because when you look at the crime statistics, right, you see that black people are over three times more likely to be arrested than white people, right? When it comes to stop and search, very very similar things. When it comes to conviction rates, very very similar things. Mirrored in um in the in the United States of America. Um, Charges are much likely for minorities and especially blacks to get maximum sentencing as opposed to getting bargains and so forth yeah yeah exactly even the um crimes committed by <clears throat> all ethnicities are practically the same <clears throat> the same the same rates um and when you look at this report right they actually accredited people who had nothing to do with the report so there were two um uh scholars in this field <clears throat> that were accredited um you know the government's saying the report, oh, we give thanks to these people for their their contribution to this report, blah, blah. They turned around and said, we had nothing to do with this report while mm-hmm. we had included this. Yeah. They had a phone call to, to um, they had a phone call, but the phone call didn't 
uh, told specifically that it was for this uh, commission report. Yeah, they were told that there's a meeting going on. We'd like you, we'd like you to come to this meeting and give your input. Um, they both declined. Yet their names somehow wound up in this report, mm. um, as if to say, yeah, these guys support it, even though they never um, accepted it. Uh, even though they never took any part in this, so um, yeah, it goes to show that it's it's a bit interesting that the government's uh, government commissioned uh, report will say that yeah, this country isn't doesn't doesn't have any systemic racism. It's almost like you know trying to mock your own work and saying yeah, um, I got I got one hundred percent in my work. Okay, how <laughs> how do we know? How can we trust you that? How can we trust that you? It's how, the it, it's how any government? It's how any scientific study is done or the, its results are quote unquote uh, uh, announced like you don't yeah. ever want to, listen to actual like government or uh, a news station covering it no go look up the actual report itself in the scientific journal and look at that stuff because yeah. everything else is just skewed and spun however the message that they want to project to their viewership and their audience to be mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing and it's it's almost like a dance mm-hmm. watching especially here in the US watching how the same study and watching how CNN, NBC, MSNBC, Fox and all these other stations follow yeah. the same report, the exact same report with the exact same statistics how each one of them has a completely different take on the narrative of it and it's it's a dance of just spinning things in a way where you're just like, all right, I don't earn a human being can't actually bend that way. And yet here we are. Yeah. And like, what is wrong with all of you? All of you. Exactly. Exactly. And just to one final, one final thing for me is that, um, very early on this, um, in, in March, actually, the society of editors said that the British press isn't racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yet- Yet yeah. the amount of people of color that quit their jobs over the society of, ed- of editors was insane, um, and they all signed petitions against this against uh, the society of ed- editors. Um, uh, what's it called um, release um, saying this. So it just goes to show that surely there's something wrong in the UK in terms of race. Um, so rather than Rather than create a situation where you can say, okay, you have these grievances. Why do you have these grievances? Give us an example of these grievances and let's move forward. You're outright saying, nope, it doesn't exist. And that's it. That's that's the whole conversation squashed. And I think it's doing everyone in the UK such a disservice because what will happen is that you end up increasing the divide amongst amongst um, ethnic ethnic groups in the UK by saying, okay, racism doesn't exist. Okay, I'm, I've experienced this personally, or this these group of people have experienced this personally. Um, we have this grievance, and rather than you know giving people an actual actual an actual voice to say this is this is what we're experiencing, we want to solve it. You're then saying your your problem doesn't exist. We don't believe your problem exists. So shut up and and jog on basically or move on. Mm. But yeah, that's my final take on it. All right, let's move on to the comic book news. Cue the music. We 
crossover ever. I want to do this one back to front since uh, T's not with us right now. All right, so <laughs> um, Venom 2 has been delayed a week. Uh, it's now coming out September 24th. Uh, I'm kind of happy about that because that gives more opportunities for um, the UK to sort itself out and we can get cinemas open um, because yeah. I there's certain movies that I want to see in the cinema and obviously, you know, the more like we slowly start to get things back to normal i think cinemas are coming back in may i want to say may the 12th so mm-hmm. i'm hoping you know definitely by september all the cinemas are open and not just because when um things reopened the last time uh wimbledon and kingston cinemas was reopened but the stream one wasn't so uh, i don't want it to be i hope the stream one survives cause i don't really want to be traveling all the way to wimbledon to go see a movie one there's no free parking and it's just long. Like, going to women is just long. Um, uh, T, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, sorry. Right, you can continue with the Coyote news. I did the last two. You can go from the top. What one did you do? Uh, the Venom, and we did the White Russell one earlier on in the show. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, uh, comic book news. Um, looking looking for comic book news, um, I... I Looking at the first one here, I've got another one that I haven't added to this because I wanted to see you lot's like initial reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, it was reported, and I'm not sure if this is confirmed, uh, but I thought it was interesting. Um, allegedly, it has been said that um, Justice League 2 and 3... Mm-hmm. Uh, will be happening, the sequels to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, after the response from the release, the Snyder Cut, and now the Restore the Snyderverse, mm-hmm. um, the reaction from fans has been so overwhelming that Warner Brothers have actually conceded that, yes, maybe they did um, make a mistake and the unfortunate timing of you know Zack Snyder's... Um, like tragedy within his family. Um, But they have given the go ahead for him to complete his trilogy, uh, making Zack Snyder's justice league two and three. So going forward, all other DCEU properties that are currently in development or soon to be released will now be under an elseworlds kind of um, banner for their, for their movies. So, Tie into the fact that we just learned what was it yesterday or today that like the Robert Pattinson the Batman is supposed to be an Earth Two story. Yeah, so again, oh, I didn't know it was coming out was and just I think maybe came out today. Ooh-wee. Yeah, so again, yeah, that is that is linked to uh, exactly like you said. That's kind of in reference to this as well. So to separate it more, um, yeah, this Batman movie is a. Uh, um, Earth is, it takes place on Earth 2. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League movies are, I guess, the like the, the main continuity of the DCEU movies. Um, now, the thing about it is, obviously, with the Batman, uh, it's Robert Pattinson. It's not Ben Affleck. But mm-hmm. when you've got, like, I mean, there, there's a Wonder Woman, um, a third Wonder Woman movie that's apparently meant to be happening You've got the Aquaman sequel, um, this Flash movie that, if it ever gets made, uh, Shazam 2, um, Fury of the Gods, I think it's called. 
Black Adam, all of these movies um, will have the same actors. So Gal Gadot will be in the Zack Snyder movies, but also in her Wonder Woman movies. But it's not the same continuity. Same with um, Aquaman and same with The Flash. So I don't know if it's going to be confusing for general audiences or if they'll be able to accept it or even if maybe these Justice League movies won't get a theatrical release. Maybe it will just be an HBO thing. Mm. Um, I say you are bad. I say let them be like five or six hours long. Stick them on HBO and we can binge the shit out of them. I agree 100%. I'm... I because I'm sure you guys covered the Snyder Cut like in the previous episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I I just have said I have not seen a worse movie since Batman vs Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I was never a fan of the Zack Snyder DC stuff. He's not the right person for the job. He's not the right person for this for a franchise like this. He isn't. Well, if saying that, then I, what I'll do, I'll, I'll say the next bit of news as well, and to get your opinion on this, because again, I don't know if this is fake news, because I was reading this article and I was believing it at first, but then some of the stuff they would say kind of made me think: Are they taking the piss? Like, is this just a joke? Like, I, I, I wasn't on We Got It Covered, but it started seeming like I'd strayed onto that website somehow. Um, but basically, it, I saw an article reporting that since the Snyder Cut has been released, Kevin Feige has shown interest in having Zack Snyder come to Marvel to direct future Avengers movies. Fuck off. No, 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 Specifically... No. Um, That's got to be taken the piss. There's, there's no way that they would be like, hey, you know the Rooster Brothers, you know you two guys who took over from Whedon and have made the most money ever in movie history? Yeah, we're going to let this jack off do it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I, I want to make a distinction of I am not assaulting Zack Snyder the person. You know, he has a film style. He has a way of doing things that I personally am not a fan of. I understand what he's going for, and he's allowed to make movies however he wants to. They don't float my boat whatsoever, though. But that's I think they could, my I think opinion. His, I think his style works under very specific circumstances. Yes. Like, it worked for 300. It worked It works for Frank Miller-style stuff because yes. they're both stylists and they both are <laughs> trying to deconstruct a genre as opposed to building a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. But um, just to continue with this article, they, they stated that um, Zack Snyder uh, would um, base his Avengers movie off of the di- Avengers Disassembled. Where, of course, um, he would. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's there so many people that die in it, so yeah, exactly. he gets to do that. And this is this is where I started suspecting. I mean, I, I suspected from the start, I was like, no, this can't be real. But the, the article went on to say that a representative of Marvel said that, um, they're, they're keen to have Zack Snyder come on board and bring in his style, um, and um. 
obviously the Avengers disassembled having all those death scenes. They would like Zack Snyder to um, fully like what's the, what's the word um, like and embellish it, and all its slow motion glory that was specifically like that phrase was used. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I Is that a fist take? No. <laughs> that is yeah. a fist take. Um, and then it also says something like Marvel. We're we're looking forward to moving beyond. Um, just being full of quips and one-liners and and climactic dance-offs and uh, yeah, my you know ass. I mean? Yeah, so I was like, nah, this this article is taking the piss, right? But, and I want to say on record, I I have had plenty of issues in more recent years with the MCU with the like taking the piss out of emotional moments, like Thor Ragnarok of you know, when Asgard's getting destroyed and here's uh, Korg making a joke out of it, I'm like, that's inappropriate. Their entire world just blew up in front of them and you're cracking a joke for the audience to laugh at. That's inappropriate. But that's Marvel's wheelhouse where we can have that humor but still have dramatic moments still. Like, thankfully, Endgame and Infinity War, they cut back a bit on it, which is good. But, yeah, no, Snyder and all that stuff, yeah, his, uh, his... indulging a slow motion i.e just masturbating on screen <laughs> yeah yeah no I, again like i said i i knew i i, I knew it would be, it was fake news but i just wanted to see what you guys thought on the Zack snyder's avengers would 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 be like it'd be terrible <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a no-go for me yeah i don't i don't think i i i personally like actually enjoyed watching the um the snyder cut after having watched the original and just think it was a total piece of trash hmm. i'm i'm more partial to to a long watch where it digs into stuff a lot more i think i think i mentioned this previously it's like um i've got so used to watching series and that's what i like about watching a series it, it is time to actually like flesh out characters a bit more and so it doesn't it doesn't bother me so much when something's so long um, because mm. you can just pause it and you know, like, come back to it and, and carry on. And and I had a really good experience with the the Snyder Cut. I I I had a good time, but he is not. I don't think he's the right guy for for Marvel movies. They've got no, their. Right. They've got their. They've got their. They've got their. Um. Their their their, their recipe. Their 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 way mm. of doing things. Mm. Keep going yeah. with it. I'm. I'm I think there's no need to yeah. kind of try and pull in something dark and new with Zack Snyder. It would be yeah. extreme tonal whiplash, and it wouldn't fit whatsoever. And uh, any audience member who's been following the MCU even remotely would be like, well, this feels completely disconnected from everything else with, like, the filmmaking, the tone and everything. And, mm. you know, and, and by the way, like, for me, it wasn't a silly for the Snyder Cut. It wasn't the length. I've, on multiple occasions when I was younger you know, watch the entire extended Lord of the Rings trilogy in one day. So I spent like a whole hours. And I can do that. I'm fine with that. So I'm I can sit down and watch something and binge something for a long period of time. That was never my problem. I'm glad and I know I'm in a very, very minority on this, but I felt like there was nothing in the Snyder Cut that improved the the movie is still the movie like the plot of the movie whether it's the theatrical version or the Snyder Cut is the same fucking movie (laughs) it's just 
double the length with a bunch of extra stuff like, oh, we get more scenes of Cyborg, which, guess what, would have been much more serviced or better serviced in its own goddamn movie beforehand. Because instead it's just Joe Morton, Miles Dyson from Terminator 2 giving a 15-minute expository, here's what your powers are and here's how you can use them and I hope you use them for good. Don't learn any of this on your own. Don't experiment on your own and like come to understand this balance and the responsibility of it. No, no, I'm just going to tell you about it right now. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't have to do any of the work yourself as a character. And I don't know, grow from it. And then we get to see flash be the biggest creeper of all fucking time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this, are these a consequence of, of the fact that the, you know, like if the studio had embraced having a slow burn and, and, and building each of the characters with a movie for, for each yeah, of them. Yeah, they, they put the cart before the horse and said, yeah. we want to catch up to Marvel rather than doing what they did, which is but then would that have, how it worked. Would that have given Zack Snyder the opportunity to make a shorter movie because he didn't need to build any of the background? You know, like if yes, because we would have had a Flash movie, a Cyborg movie, yeah. an Aquaman movie before all the Justice League and everything. So and I just, so I just want, you would know these characters like. Before. We we got this as a sort of him him. I wonder if he's looked at this and said, "Just can't have a movie like that was like it was released, where you just don't have any kind of like background other than a few pictures." But keep them, in mind, it was his idea. Know. It was his idea to go. We're going to go Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. We'll have someone else do Wonder Woman and then Justice League. Mm. He's the one who said, "No, no, we don't need a cyborg solo movie. We don't need a flash." Oh, really? No, I, did, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was him. I thought it was the. Um, I thought it was the studios that were sort of uh, rolling well, it forward, saying we need to get this, I'm, get it all out. And you might be right. I, I'm not, I don't know that, for that's sure. Just, that was my assumption. But he agreed with it. He agreed with that and went, "Yeah, we'll do it that way." As opposed to being, "No, we need these characters to have a." Mm movie of their own like flash maybe you could get away with it but cyborg most people don't know who the fuck cyborg is comic book readers at least of my age know of cyborg but might not necessarily know who cyborg is you know like previous uh iterations of him for pop culture were the super friends or uh superpowers team from the later uh like early 80s stuff and then teen titans Teen Titans and, and Teen Titans Go and that cartoon. It was a exactly. Like, so it's like that's not. Yeah. yeah, and that's not necessarily the most uh, accurate depiction, mm. considering the pathos mm. and everything and whatnot. Especially for the universe that he was already building with it being grim, dark, trying to be Warhammer 40k over here. But yeah, I just mm. I. I will step off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I like it. See, I, no, I like that. I I think I think it could have worked as as a way to tackle this in a different way to Marvel because obviously Marvel did the the setup with each hero having their own movie and then bringing them together. This could have worked in a way that I think the Captain America trilogy. Um, obviously, it's hard to to picture it without the rest of the MCU because that's how it was it was given to us. But you can watch the Captain and Marvel trilogy on its own without Avengers movies, without um any of the other movies, and it still makes sense as a trilogy. And it just 
it it has escalation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have Captain America in his first movie. Then in the sequel, you sh- you add a couple more, like you add Falcon, we have Winter Soldier, we have um, Black Widow. And so the universe starts expanding. And then by Civil War, you have this complete like comic book style kind of universe. And Marvel have been good at, because even in Civil War, Spider-Man didn't have a, a set-up movie. Black Panther but he's had two movie. different iterations of movies beforehand. Yeah. And also, Spider-Man is the most ubiquitous superhero character globally yeah. of all time. That's true, that's true. But then but then Black Panther was introduced in that movie. He didn't have any setup either, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but he, he was a, more of a bit player. Yeah, he's, he's not the one role. ultimately saving the world at the end of that. But here's a, and here's a counterpoint to it, is that, yes, though that the, the Captain America trilogy works pretty well by itself, but if you... You're also going into Civil War knowing who Iron Man is, going knowing who Ant-Man is, going in knowing who War Machine is, going in knowing who the Vision is, because he have been previously established characters within its own universe. Imagine if all these motherfuckers just showed up on the runway yeah. and you didn't see any before, like, who's the fucking red and green guy flying? Yeah. Who the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah. Like, that's what they did. It's just like, oh, who is that? Well, we don't have time to explain that. No, you need to fucking take the time. Yeah. yeah. In a movie yeah. beforehand. It's true, it's true. Yeah. And, and, and like obviously the marvel formula has worked better because like you said it's it's probably the biggest franchise and continuity of movies there has ever been like, yeah. i don't think it's ever been done before and will ever be repli- replicated on the same scale and i'll but, also say this nobody not enough people cried out there wasn't a whole movement for release the edgar wright cut of ant-man <laughs> you know yeah yeah, one of those, that is the closest equivalent you have with Marvel to DC in terms of the films, because you know what? It worked still on it. It worked and it's fine, and we understand the character well enough. Yeah, it's true. All right, T, Although uh, I would have liked the, the Edgar Wright Adman. I'm not serious. I but you know, here we are. So, T, finish, yeah. finish up with the comic book news, and we're actually going to move on to the main event because we're running super long. Right, and sorry. Do another yeah, week. So, um, all right, Black Adam. Uh, is set to be released on July 29th, 2022. Yeah. The Rock um, did a am, super extra excited release for this. Yeah, I am fully looking forward to this movie. Mm. I cannot wait. Um, obviously, I like the fact that the DC universe draws a lot of inspiration from Greek mythology, obviously being Greek myself, and now we're starting to get like the ancient Egyptian kind of side of the DC universe. And obviously my, my wife being Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing this together. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully looking forward to this. I've seen so many like um, selfies of the actors just getting ripped. Like tr- even, even giving Dwayne Johnson a run for his money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I see a couple of training videos. Yeah. Mm. Um, and obviously, we just had the recent announcement of Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really it's perfect casting. By the way, that's perfect casting. It is, isn't it? It's that's mm. that's great. I'm I'm wait to see the movie. I think it's a good casting because obviously I like the actor, I like James Bond. Um, mm. but I'll see what he does as Doctor Fate before I make I can cast judgment on that. Um, you so, must- I I will say this though. I I have full confidence. You know what? The Rock has never done wrong. Yeah. In movies, mm. like 
And I'm a person who fucking hates saying that sometimes. Like, uh, <laughs> see a previous episode on my podcast when we talked about Rampage. And it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, damn it, you can't be perfect all the time, Dwayne Johnson. You can't be fucking charismatic and jacked and handsome and funny and <laughs> fuck you, leave something for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I didn't mind Rampage as much. I would say Jumanji was my Rampage. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. No, Jumanji is great. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, you missed out the Batman will be set on Earth 2. Not that I really care. No, we, we said No, that we mentioned that. About the I brought that up. Oh, sorry, I must have zoned yeah. out. Yeah, that's at the beginning of all this. <laughs> Someone wasn't listening. Yeah, I zoned out, clearly. <laughs> and I was paying attention, and earlier I was editing my podcast while we were on this one. <laughs> mm. See, some people can multitask, Nano. Shut up. Go <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, finish, uh, finish up. <laughs> yeah, um, Venom 2 uh, has been delayed a week and will now be released on September 24th. I've said that. Um, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not in- interested in the Sony Marvel universe, even if they try and link it to the MCU. I couldn't care less. I did not like that first Venom movie. If I'm mm. completely honest. All right, cool. Even though I'm a big fan of Tom Hardy. Um. Anyway, last bit of comic book news, which kind of bleeds into anime and manga news. Um, which we're skipping. Dead- Deadpool. Huh. We're skipping that for today. For today, I want to. I want to get done. It's okay, late. well then here we go. This is this is a <laughs> little bonus bit of manga. Um, Deadpool apparently has a manga running at the moment, mm-hmm. which I wasn't aware of, but it's called Deadpool Samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a manga over in Japan at the moment, and they have just had a crossover with My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, Deadpool can't freaking stay in his own universe, can he now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's everywhere, mate. He's everywhere since Disney got the rights back where he, he's got the money to just jump him wherever he wants. But apparently um, the scene played out. He, he Deadpool was in a bit of trouble, tried to contact some of his Marvel friends. Couldn't like, no one was looking to help him. Um, tried to contact uh, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. but accidentally uh, contacted Might guy. Oh my. All Might. Yeah. Contacted yeah all might. I don't know. I don't watch. My, hey, my guy from Naruto. Yeah, my from Naruto, guy from Naruto. Yeah, that's yeah. I got confused then. Yeah, All Might, and yeah. then All Might turns up to save Deadpool, and like they they like fly off together or whatever, and there's like a nice little moment between them. But people have lost their shit over this. Yeah. Um, because obviously, My Hero Academia is clearly a big deal at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and Deadpool is always been a big deal. Apparently, this this manga, this um, De- Deadpool Samurai is the biggest selling Marvel like comic book property of the year so far. Oh mad. Yeah. So um so yeah that's that's comic book news. Alright let's get to it. I always forget where the button is. Boop. Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the main event Let's get ready to rumble! 
Alrighty then. Alright, Godzilla versus Kong. Twenty. I wonder if we're not going to be able to use that little intro anymore when Space Jam Two comes out. Why not? <laughs> Isn't that from Space Jam? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, we 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 don't talk about copyrights here. Yeah. We just... <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> right, y'all, y'all, you know, you have like a Patreon or whatever. You guys may make some form of income off of it. So I don't know. It might be a problem. I mine's all free, so I can use all the bullshit. I no, we we we, we <laughs> don't have. We actually don't have a Patreon, so we don't actually make no money off this. Yeah, but you have a something you were talking about earlier. No, that's Twitch. That's different. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's different. Anyway. Uh, separate for legal reasons. Yeah, for legal reasons, that's yeah. separate. All right, so this film was directed by Adam Wingard. Uh, it's a sequel to both Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Carl Skull Island. Uh, just some little extra bonus stuff here. It's the fourth film in Legendary's Monsterverse. It's the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise. And it's the 12th film in the King Kong franchise. It's also the fourth Godzilla film to completely produce by a Hollywood studio. Uh, the film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Ty- Tyree Henry, Shun Oguri, as Isa? Isa? Isa Gonzalez? Mr. Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, Kyle, Kyle Chandler, and Damien Bichier. Um, this film is... I, I'm just going to go first here. For me, this film was sitting around a three-piece, um, but that final, like, not the final fight set fight piece, but the second-to-last fight between Godzilla and King Kong um, actually just blew my mind. I was excited. I wish I'd been in the cinema because if I'd been in the cinema, I'd have making a hell of noise and just getting gassed. Um, but yeah, this gets a whole Black chicken people. from this. This gets a whole chicken from me. Uh, I want to pass it on to Stevie. Wait, wait. Before we go to Stevie, uh, you forgot uh, T.J. Storm as Godzilla and Terry Notary and Tony Kebbell as Kong. See, as a mm. as a casual fan, I ain't gonna know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to you. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do everybody else with their little general surface, surface. <laughs> oh, no, so we got full cast oh, incorporated because, yeah. of course, I always bring up the people in the suits, or in this case, the motion and performance capture. Continue. So, say, say them again. Mm-hmm. Say, them, say the two people again. Uh, it's T.J. Storm as Godzilla and uh, Terry Notary and Tony Kebble as Kong. Okay. Oh, so those two Terry people Notary, Kong. Terry Notary does the performance, the motion capture, and uh, Tony Kebble does the performance capture. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, the motion capture is the emotions of the creature, and the performance capture is the facial stuff. Okay, just wanted to make sure I wasn't being stupid. <laughs> right, so, Continue. Stevie, general reviews and your rating. Monsters fighting, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this was this was just it was fucking dumb but it was so much fun and who, who you know you got you got to enjoy that haven't you yeah so what's your what's your rating oh uh three piece three piece okay cool uh yeah. big t um i was i was really anticipating this movie i could not wait for it mm. um i liked the first Godzilla movie in this franchise. I didn't think it was the best, mm-hmm. uh, but I did like it. I loved Godzilla King of Monsters, um, and I did really like Kong Skull Island. So I was really, I was primed and ready for this movie. But um, it slightly 
it disappointed me, if I'm honest. Mm. It was fun, but it was, I feel like after King of Monsters, this was kind of a step down in epicness mm. um, and, and the scale and the cinematography and just, I don't think there was m much room. There was nowhere for them to go after King of Monsters. I think that kind of like took it to the, the peak of, of what a Godzilla movie kind of could and should be in terms of like a Hollywood adaptation of it. Mm. Um, I, I did like the movie, um, but to me, I don't know, I was slightly disappointed, but I, I would give this a half chicken. Okay. Uh, Martin? Um, I was flipped between half chicken and three piece. I thought I'd give it a three piece because I do like the... <clears throat> the monster fight are what saved this because um, the supporting cast really is annoying. I think the only characters I liked were Bernie and sort of his small entourage. Yeah. Um, everyone else just felt useless, out of place, only there to sort of drive the, only there to drive the story forward rather than actually being a part of the story, if that makes sense. So reactionary versus agency. That's that's it. Thank you very much <laughs> for putting it so succinctly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm giving it three piece because um, despite all that, I still enjoyed the movie. I, I mean, all I want to see was King Kong fight Godzilla. We got that. Um, uh, the story as well was a bit convoluted, but um, yeah, over, overall, it was enjoyable for me. So yeah. All right, Kaiju expert. What did you think of this one? So, so let me tell you why a three-piece is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as a brief rundown of the rest of the movies in the MonsterVerse, for me, based on this show's rating, I would give Godzilla 2014 a half chicken. Mm -hmm. um, it's fine. It's an average, slightly above average Godzilla movie with the graphics and the CGI making it above average. Otherwise, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. Mm -hmm. um, there's some problems there. Uh, I would give a three-piece, a lower three-piece to Kongskull Island, and it is two full chickens for me for KOTM, King of the Monsters 2019. That yeah. is in my top ten of the entire genre and that is saying a lot from someone who has literally i'm looking at my degree in godzilla studies on my wall right <laughs> and actually yeah, it's stupid but here we are um and this one yes it's not as good as kotm kotm for me is the high point in this like i said it's fantastically done but this movie is more of a callback to the classic uh, mid-Showa era. The Showa era of Godzilla was from 1954 to 1975, the original run of the series, the first 15 films. And the mid-Showa era was where you get, like, it's real pulpy sci-fi stuff. And it's yeah. just kind of camp value you take it as what it is and you just kind of roll with it and have fun and we're not really worrying too much about the science behind the things and we're kind of hand waving certain aspects of things of going sure why not makes sense giant monsters that's this is the least dumb thing that i'm being asked to go along with <laughs> This movie embraces that more than KOTM does. KOTM has more to say and is a bit more profound and has more majesty behind it. 
Whereas this movie embraces the silliness aspect of the Godzilla franchise a bit more. And both have their place. But in terms of a movie being about something, KOTM has more. And uh, I believe, Big T, I believe it was you who said that, um, you know, you felt it was a step down from the spectacle from KOTM. And I absolutely agree. Mm. I agree. I always have felt like, well, but Ghidorah is the bigger spectacle because it's a fucking giant three-headed flying golden dragon. And how do you get more crazy than that? And putting but, but Godzilla versus Kong, that's the marquee title fight. That's the one that draws the asses to the seat. So, of course, that's going to be the final one in there, right? And it makes sense. It makes sense from a marketing and advertising standpoint. The visual effects and the fight scenes that we get, dynamic, fantastic, some of the best silly, stupid shit in this franchise, mm-hmm. especially in this new MonsterVerse. But there are problems, and what pulls it away from a full chicken is those issues. And specifically for me, it's the whole Bernie, Madison, Josh plotline. Yeah, that doesn't need, that was... It doesn't need to be in the movie yeah, at yeah. all. It doesn't. And I think it would be a better way for you to go about it where if you removed them from the movie entirely... And had, once they get to the Hollow Earth, so you have uh, Nathan Lind and uh, Dr. Eileen and uh, Gia, the girl who communicates to Kong. They're doing their whole thing, right? And then when we get to Hollow Earth and they extract the material for the energy source they need for Mechagodzilla, spoiler alert, Mm. uh, then the guns are drawn on them, right? You then bring them through the hole, or back to Hong Kong, to the Apex facility, and then we get revealed Mechagodzilla and what this is all about and everything. And so you have a less omniscient audience uh, viewpoint. So you're not seeing everything going on at once. There's a little bit of a mystery in there and everything. And you want Madison, I understand you want uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown in the movie because she's the only person who has a voice for Godzilla. Because otherwise, he just looks like he's gone into villain territory, and now he's just indiscriminately attacking people. Mm. Which is good, because you want to have Godzilla have a voice for the people so that you aren't against him. Mm. But I feel like it could have been done better. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. But, like, again, for me, it's just, like, my enjoyment factor in it. Like, I, like, all, like, I'm, like I said, I, for the most part, I'm an action junkie in it. And I loved the fight scenes. I thought it was just cool. And it it was just like epic just seeing um like he need Godzilla in the face and then they banged him in his jaw and, and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Love- so much love here of like Kong's trying to do the patented Kong thing of like breaking the jaw, but then Godzilla's fire comes out just enough and like, ah my yeah. fucking hand. Like, yeah. right? like little things like that are Great and no, it this movie shines like I said, it embraces the silliness of the Showa era where we're not thinking too hard, mm. just turn off your brain and enjoy the spectacle. And the human plot isn't particularly important, but as a by unbiased filmmaking standpoint, KOTM, KOTM is better because you, uh, as Big T was saying, you have in that movie more of a the humans are much more driving the story because you either have Emma Russell and uh, um, Tywin Lannister free Kaiju as their agent of chaos, or you have the Monarch team with uh, 
uh, Jing Jang and uh, Ken Watanabe and Kyle Chandler reacting directly to it. So you have a cause and effect with the human plot. Whereas this, it's just a, well, you know, we're doing things, but Kaiju are going to fight Kaiju. Mm. That's why I kind of got the feeling after I, after I watched um, King, of, King of the Monsters, um, I felt like I had experienced something. Do you know what I mean? Whereas after watching this, I felt like I just watched something. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't, it didn't seem to have a lasting, eff- like, effect on me. I didn't hold it. I wasn't like, ah, oh, I can't wait to watch that again. I was like, yeah, okay, I saw that. I saw. It's I went fun, to watch but it doesn't move you. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the King of, King of All Monsters, that was flipping deep. Like, and again, the cinematography, like the the visuals of this of, of King Ghidorah, this three headed space dragon shooting lightning out of its mouth in the in this in this the smoke and the shadows and mothra the beauty do you know what i mean the colors of mothra when it do you know what i mean just all of this stuff even rodan coming out of the fucking volcano was fucking epic do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and all of this to then have this movie be the climax it's like i get what you're saying where this is the headline this is the fight like we want to see Godzilla versus Kong. That's the fight we all want to see. But to come from seeing all of these titans in this one movie, and again, these are classic as well. These, I mean, I'm no, I'm, I'm nowhere near an expert like you are. But my dad and my my dad's cousin, my my, my uncle, they they used to love Godzilla back in the day. So whenever I'd go Greece when I was younger, I'd have like all these tapes of old Godzilla movies and stuff, and like I've I've seen a bunch of them. Do you know what I mean? And to see them bring these classic monsters and they were so well realized, I thought, in, in that movie, um, to now seeing Godzilla, like you say, in a way, just be portrayed as a villain, which, I, again, I know sometimes he is, sometimes he's the, the villain, sometimes he's the hero, but in this franchise, they've had him as the hero of, of, of Earth, do you know what I mean? Mm. And now... Kong is also a hero of Earth. So it's like, I, I, I get that this has got to be the fight. And again, like in a Batman v Superman kind of way, they then need to become friends and have a bigger enemy to fight. But I feel like Mechagodzilla was, was like, like Doomsday was wasted and just added on at the end. Whereas mm. he could have had his whole own movie of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Um, it brings up a question I wanted to ask everybody. Did anybody else besides me know Mechagodzilla was in this movie? And I've known it for over a year. Did anybody else know going into the movie? I nope. didn't go into the movie, but there's a sort that what which I now know was an eye of Mechagodzilla. I was like, oh, we're gonna see Mechagodzilla. So, oh, I, prior, I, I prior knew this, never. I knew so obviously it was hinted, but the moment they said Apex Cybernetics, I was like, yep, Mechagodzilla. Like the, yeah. you don't have a cybernetics company and not have um you know you know Mecha Godzilla like it it was foreshadowed way too early in my opinion. I don't like that if they I, left that. I agree. If they had it left wasn't that natural progression though, wasn't it? If you think about it, if you think of all the other stuff that's happened in the past, in no, the movies. Movie. Makes sense within the lore of this movie and everything. But again, I feel like if you didn't have the Bernie Madison Josh plotline the mystery you wouldn't immediately jump to it if you yeah. didn't have some 
conspiracy nut saying, I've been embedded in Apex for five years. I'm going to find out what's going on. And then he sees a mechanical eyeball in Godzilla's <laughs> rampage. You won't, you wouldn't immediately jump to that conclusion, but like I've known for a long fucking time and I, you know, that's, that's the world I live in. That's the soup I swim in. Five years. Have you, have you known for five years? Um, and have you been Um, working for the company? I I have had an inside source, Mm. uh, which will remain nameless, Mm. but Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things. So, you know, in KOTM, um, you know, we had four of what's called the Big Five. In Toho with Godzilla, in the Godzilla franchise, there are the Big Five. Godzilla, not necessarily in this order, but the Big Five are Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mechagodzilla. Those are the Big Five. They are the money makers of the franchise. Mm. And they've been in the most movies out of anybody else. So in KO10, we had four of the five. And shortly right after the release of KOTM, they had said, hey, we got the rights for the next movie for one more player, and we already know it's Kong versus Godzilla. So everybody went, well, it's obviously Mechagodzilla, because that's, <laughs> that's the fifth out of the big five that hasn't shown up yet. And then it was pretty well confirmed pretty quickly after that, yeah. if you're in that circle. But, you know, and I'm fine with that. You know, I, I'm fine, and I thought it was set up well enough. I thought it was set up well enough having Mechagodzilla show up and it makes sense why they made him and so forth. And I will say it's not my favorite Mechagodzilla design, but it's by no means my least favorite either. When when was King Ghidorah's first appearance? 1964 in Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Okay, and that's the one that was in um, King of the Monsters as well? Yes, uh, Ghidorah has been in... Hold on, let me do the math. <laughs> Amazing. Like 15 films. Eight. Eight. Uh, before the Monsterverse, eight. Okay. Oh, that's not too bad. Um, so in this year, we technically got to see two of Kodora's heads. Where's the third one? Uh, disposed of. Okay. In the and bin. Say what? In the bin. <laughs> it's in the bin. <laughs> the big waste paper basket in the sea. Well, I got two because, you know, in by the end of KOTM, when Godzilla goes burning Godzilla and melts that motherfucker into pieces and blows him up, I'm surprised you found two skulls out of all that. Because we know yeah. that the... You know, at the post credit scene in KOTM, that Charles Dance shows up and he buys one that Godzilla ripped the head off of pre-oxygen destroyer deployment. So I don't know where the other head of any of them <laughs> came. I don't know where that survived, but hey, good on you for scouring the wreckage real closely. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good touch to link um, Ghidorah's skull to Mechagodzilla. They did it in a different way, but if I'm not wrong, wasn't in the in the original movies, wasn't King Ghidorah's skull or like skeleton used to create uh, Mechagodzilla? So there's multiple continuities. There's the Showa era from 1954 through 1975. Then there's the Heisei era, which is 1984 through 1995. But also the original 1954 movie is in continuity. Then there's the Millennium Era, where there's a lot of continuity resets, but it's a era of films. In the Heisei Era, so in 1991, 
with the reintroduction of uh, King Ghidorah with a new origin, because it's the quote-unquote, in that continuity, first time it's appeared, they do, because uh, there's time travel in that movie. Uh, it's very Terminator, Back to the Future elements to it. Uh, King Ghidorah was, you know, I'm, I'm going to shorthand it. There is a version called Mecha Ghidorah where they took the body of Ghidorah that already got beaten down by Godzilla. They find his body 200 years in the future, cybernetic enhance it, and bring it back to 1991 slash quote-unquote present day, and that's Mecha Ghidorah. So it is a very nice two-for-one. You get Mecha Godzilla and kind of Mecha Ghidorah at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, it's very complicated and, by the way, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point of these. Again, like that's why yeah. I, it's not as serious or grandiose as KOTM. I still do like this movie a lot because it embraces the other side of the kaiju franchise, which is the fuck it, who's looking, don't worry about it, silly aspect. <laughs> and it's a, as a fan of this genre you have to be able to look at it from multiple angles because the genre of kaiju movies has pretty much every other genre within it in some iteration. You have buddy cop movies that also have are kaiju-based. You have more serious thought-provoking movies that are really about a capital T thing. You have mm. the silliness camp value of stuff. Like There's so many different sub-genres that the kaiju genre can go into and there's a real diversity in there and you have to be able to really you need to really appreciate the genre you have to have a really good like understanding of film to really get what certain movies are going after yeah true so i just think this there was a bit the same way you need to turn your brain off for certain things and and again like that's a whole i do appreciate it for the the like it did kind of embrace the more old school kind of just silly campy kind of monster clash but certain things like having the hollow earth in this movie was to me a stretch because up until this point yeah the first two godzilla movies and the kong skull island seemed like it took place in the real world plus with kaiju do you know what i mean Mm. so then to then turn around and say oh yeah but the hollow earth like i've heard theories of the hollow earth and flat earth and all this stuff and i think it's hilarious so for this movie to say no that's real like there's, there's a hollow earth i was like well that already kind of put me on the defensive uh, to be fair to be fair the hollow earth theory in this monsterverse started with uh cory hawkins character in con skull island it's then further iterated upon in kotm and we see the full majesty of it in this movie so it's something that has been established in three of the now uh five movies in this situation and everything so is it silly yes but then again there are multiple again from the kaiju expert side i there are multiple iterations of jules verne's movies that will be covered on my podcast that is this exact kind of thing so for kaiju fans this is no new idea yeah yeah, but I, I, I feel that, I, again, I could have accepted it, but I feel like how it was realized and, and executed in this movie was a bit too silly. Like, when they was explaining, like, the gravity, I kind of got, like, 
I, I turned into Han Solo. I was like, that's not how gravity works. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you can't do, it. do you know what I mean? And how is there sunlight down there in the center of the earth? Like The sunlight is definitely something that you can't really explain. <laughs> but And for me, you know, pardon me if I'm railroading the conversation a little bit, but it's why I'm here. Um, yeah, the reverse thing, the gravity thing is like, well, yeah, if there's an ecosystem around that's built around the center of the earth, you would hit a point where like the gravitational fro- pull from, you know, space pulling in versus the density of the core would probably have some, probably not this level effect, but again, fuck it. Who cares? There's Godzilla sure. running, you know, like yeah. you got to embrace the silly. You got to embrace the concept of, well, it's a 400-foot nuclear lizard that breathes uh, atomic explosions out of its mouth on a daily basis, so... Eh. Yeah, true. You can't really nitpick at these silly things when you have a giant no. lizard versus a giant gorilla. <laughs> Trust me, you stick around me long enough, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I just loved the action. I just loved when Godzilla... Like, round one went to Godzilla. That was obvious. Round two went to Kong. But round three went to round three went to Godzilla. I I call shenanigans on that. There was no round two. There was no. a mid break. There was a momentary break <laughs> in round two. And fucking Nathan uh, or uh, Alexander Star Skarsgård's character was like, I guess round two goes to Kong because they want Kong plus Mechagodzilla bait more or less soloing him to have a W. But no, Kong hard hell hold the L the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he got some decent shots in, but Kong yeah. got the fucking brakes beat out yeah. of him, and you're goddamn right he does. Yeah, and he, yeah. And, and he chilled. And pre- he, he got humbled. He got humbled. He got humbled. What do you put? What do you put? What do you put his foot in his chest? Yeah, I was like, no, nah, the disrespect. Yeah, hella disrespectful. He didn't even finish him off. That's yeah. the last thing. Yeah, because he well, got down. That that's classic Godzilla, though. That is very much a Godzilla thing of like. Because he's been, like, both times him and Kong met, right? Like, the first time in the ocean, he's been, you know, attacking the Apex facilities because they've been acting, activating Godzilla or Godzilla components, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he's chasing after that. Kong gets pulled off his island and is away from the protective barrier that Godzilla can't see. So he's like, oh, hold on. Let me go find out what this is and mm-hmm. fuck that up. I have A mission, but now B plot has showed up yeah. for me. So I'm going to go fuck that up. Wind's yeah. round one boats and everything then goes back to fucking business while he's on plot a kong just shows back up from the fucking middle of the earth and is like all right i guess we're doing this now again let me humble you a second time beats the shit out of him and puts him down it's like all right you're done for now good game but you lost yeah let me get back to what i was here for in the first goddamn place and then if you're still alive when i'm done with that then i'm gonna come back and finish you yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of watching that last fight now, yeah. And there's a there's a little bit of a scene, yeah, when the friggin' uh, Mecha Godzilla like Spartan kicks Kong in the chest. And yeah. Kong's was... up. Do you know what I think I didn't like here yeah, when they friggin' um, poured the rum into the computer and that like short circuit in Mecha Godzilla. It's like, only momentary. You actually watch it only lasts long enough to actually stop the tail from like drilling Kong's skull inside out. <laughs> it's like it stops, and then Kong, Kong gets a little bit of purchase, but you see like the eyes and Mikasa flutter, come back to full, and he's charging the laser again. So like it was only momentary to make sure Kong didn't die right then. Yeah. 
And then we, we got Bongo is our saved so many times by the humans. Yeah, he did, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but then that's just like part and parcel of it. It's kind of showing that they have like that's a, how it a be. symbiotic relationship. Like, I agree. Kong shouldn't be able to stand up to Godzilla. Like, it's such an unfair fight. Mm. Yeah. Like, you've got this giant lizard who's got armored, like, scaly skin, shoots an atomic breath. Like, he just fucked up King Ghidorah. Like, how is King Kong going to do anything? <laughs> yeah. King Kong came for axe. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, but yeah, King Kong's got a fucking axe yeah, made yeah. out of one of the, the dorsal fins of uh, He came with Stormbreaker. <laughs> and you can, like you can do wireless charging. You can do wireless charging on it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Axe, it, it needs power up, otherwise it's just an axe, you know? <laughs> this movie stole a moment. One from Batman v Superman and one from Avengers Endgame. And the Batman v Superman one was when Godzilla beat King Kong and Kong was like laid out on the floor and then Godzilla just stood over him and roared. And then King Kong like just roared back up. That was like all these memes about the save Mothra kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh my God. In this movie. Yeah, I could be. That's the memes, but the way I take that scene without the meme and everything is like Godzilla's showing, he's asserting the dominance. I've got the foot on your chest. You're down. I'm roaring to your face. Like, I fucking won. And that's Kong's like last little bit of like, fuck you, I can still fight. And then he yeah. like, with the foot off of his chest and just can't and Godzilla like we get a nice close up after that of Godzilla's face just looking at him and be like yeah no you're done bitch yeah yeah, yeah. it was a good fight but sit the fuck down yeah I started I started narrating a little bit of it I was like Godzilla used tail whip it was super effective <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there was a couple of times he just used his tail it made me laugh like oh that tail is powerful the male Mudo in 2014 remember he the male bug creature is flying at him. He just tail whips him into the building. Yeah. And he gets on and dies. And then the building falls on top of Godzilla after the fact, which is, that's pretty standard. Mm. Oh. Mm. Do you know, after watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, how did I ever, like, entertain the idea that King Kong could do anything to Godzilla? Because, and I'll tell you, a lot of it for people is because of the notoriety of, well, there was a previous King Kong versus Godzilla and very succinctly and very stated by Toho and everybody else that Godzilla won that fight. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, it's because they had a bullshit thing of Kong got struck by electricity and that somehow empowers him. It's a holdover because initially the idea was King Kong versus Frankenstein. Uh, and then that eventually wow. the whole thing involved in there where uh, Willis O'Brien, the effects creator for King Kong, all the stop motion stuff, he had held on to the rights for a while. And he, since 1933, had had middling to failure success within Hollywood system. There's a whole story there. He wanted to make another Kong movie by 1960. He had a handshake deal with a producer named John Beck who was going to, you know, go around to studios, try to get this uh, script uh, bought and get underway. He didn't have success within the U.S. He started shopping internationally behind Willis O'Brien's back, found Toho. They went, all right, we like the King Kong idea because we love King Kong. It's one of the original inspirations for Godzilla. But instead of this uh, Frankenstein Prometheus thing, we're going to do Godzilla. It's the 30th anniversary. 
Willis O'Brien got cut out of the deal entirely and uh, died of a heart attack about two months after King Kong vs. Godzilla came out. Oh, man. Oh. That must there's have been a, some hell of a movie, boy. There's a whole tragic backstory behind Willis O'Brien, but like in that movie, one of the holdovers was with Frankenstein being brought to life by lightning, that it would be absorb lightning and become more powerful and be able to fight with King Kong and they held that over first. So how does Kong actually stand up to Godzilla? Ah, we'll just take that thing from Frankenstein from the early draft and we'll give that to King Kong. Why? Mm. I don't know. No one's looking. Do it. Mm. <laughs> See, I, I always like the theory in, in the build-up to this movie, I heard like a theory that um, well, not a theory, but like an idea of how it could go down in that obviously King Kong living on Skull Island could be the size he is and and do you know what I mean and, and due to like um atomic radiation or something like that. And if it's atomic radiation that mutated him or transformed him into this giant creature that he is, maybe he would be immune to the atomic breath. I, thought, I don't know. I just thought that might that would be an interesting direction to take it, in that like that kind of without having to add this whole lightning bolt thing, kind of takes out one of Godzilla's main um, attacks and kind of nullifies it. Do you know what I mean? And kind of puts them on a more even playing field. Yeah, but it nerves Godzilla entirely. I mean, it's his main thing. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, and I also what put in with the lore because it's through various things has been established. Like no, no, these he. You know, the Kong species is what it is, naturally. And that's something I like about the Hollow Earth is, like, you can infer from the stuff on screen, they don't specifically say it, but also in supplemental stuff that probably only I have read. Um, <laughs> you know, they infer very succinctly that, like, back when all these kaiju and titans lived in the Hollow Earth, right, uh, there, was a, there was a war between the two clans, the Kong tribe and the Godzilla species, right? And the Godzilla species eventually won. Yeah. and drove the remnants of the Kong species out of the Hollow Earth to Skull Island. And that's why Kong resides on Skull Island. Mm. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So where where are all the other kaiju, all the titans, from the end of um, King of the Monsters? Good question. Because the credits show that, like, they show all of them, and it's like... The final uh, Eric Marable on my show made it very succinct. He did a very good uh, way of saying of it, like it's the, it's like the March Madness Final Four bracket, right? Where yeah. you see like Godzilla, Kong, and see like Rodan and Methuselah and all these ones. It says defeated. Yeah. So it's like, uh, did he did Godzilla in the five year period between KOTM and this movie kill them all? I think mm. it's more of just they're off doing their own thing and they don't mm. care because like they're they're still subservient to the Alpha and they're just kind of sitting on the sidelines watching this and going like, well, whoever wins is the dude we follow, right? Yeah. yeah. So there was rumors that there was meant to be a, there was initially going to be a post credit scene, but they took that down. Um, post credit scene is actually the inner space moment when they get, when they're falling through the portal into the hollow earth with the whole like crazy Dr. Strange-esque graphics and everything. Mm-hmm. That's that was supposed to be um, post credits. So they just moved into the movie proper because it made more sense there. Okay. And so, is this the end? Will we not get any more Godzilla or King Kong movies? Is that the end of the uh, MonsterVerse? 
That is to be decided. The initial deal was a four-picture deal, which we got here that culminates with Godzilla vs. Kong. Toho wants the rights back to make some more movies uh, on their own in the meantime, but we will see what happens. I am hoping that the good box office, good for COVID circumstances, mm. for this movie will encourage Toho to continue this monsterverse or let it continue. Because uh, I know like the, the middling box office and reviews for the previous uh, films in this monsterverse have given pause to them. I'm hoping this will change their mind. And also I feel like their expectations were unrealistic. Monster movies are never going to make billion dollar box office. They're just not going to. It's a niche market. Only fucking lunatics like me are like diehards for it. it. But they've made profit. They've all made a decent profit. Just not, you know, 18 times profit you know but i'm hoping that this will encourage them to let this continue and renegotiate for more because i want to see more i want to see a legendary i want to see a american monsterverse version of gigan and megalon and manta and hedora and space godzilla and destroya and i want uh, i want more yeah nice that would be cool that would be cool i, I am um, <clears throat> so in in King of the Monsters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, King Ghidorah was killed. We saw his skull in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Mothra died, didn't she? She sacrificed herself to Mothra. Kind That's of what re- yeah, she did. That's what she always does: is dies. Yeah. <laughs> but Rodan wasn't he still about? Yes, and he was part of that like credit scene of like with the March yeah, Madness. I guess it showed Rodan said defeated, and I'm like, I don't know what that oh, means. But I hope it just means I hope it just means he kissed the ring at the end of KOTM. Yeah, yeah. because mm. oh, I'd have liked to see him return because he was again another good part of of King of the Mon- like, I liked how the effect of when he was flying along, and you just see the destruction just from like the 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 blowback of his. Do you know what I mean? From the wings. Wind, yeah, wind. that's always been a classic yeah. Rodan thing. Is like he's yeah. the fast. Kaiju, so like him flying over something just creates this ridiculous sonic boom that destroys everything in its path. But Mothra is also set to return because in the credits, in like the various newspaper articles of KOTM and the credits scene, they say that another Mothra egg was found. And, oh, that, and that's very common. And I thought early on in the movie when um, uh, Walter Simmons and uh, Ren Sarazawa go and visit Dr. Lind, his introduction to the movie at his office at the university, they're talking about genetic memory. And that's the thing that's Mothra's bag, is that every Mothra has the genetic memory of every previous iteration. And I was wondering if they were going to bring Mothra back in. I figured they wouldn't, but I was hoping they would, but they didn't. Mm. Door is still there for Mothra to come back. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I hope they do continue this MonsterVerse because I think behind Marvel, this is probably the best shared cinematic universe that's been put to film uh, like in recent years. Um, but what... Oh. So, with Mechagodzilla, yeah, I know, like, Mechagodzilla is the villain, but I thought it was weird that the creation of Mechagodzilla was kind of portrayed to be this kind of evil plan where, if you think about it, it was just the same plot as Pacific Rim. Yeah. But just, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
And like, even with that neural neural link as well, I I, I did think it was very Pacific Rim. Same exact thing, isn't it? Yeah. But that's more Pacific Rim too, where the drones have the kaiju, like genetically cloned kaiju brain in them, and that's why they go crazy, right? Yeah. So, mm. but very much it is thing of like to fight monsters, we created monsters of our own, famously from the original Pacific Rim. But it's all about context of like you know, there's no good kaiju in Pacific Rim that are trying to protect us, right? But Godzilla. So, and it's not, he didn't go crazy and start attacking humanity until they started fucking around in Apex and making Mechagodzilla and everything. Where it's like, I've sensed the presence of Ghidorah somewhere. I'm going to fucking kill it. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's a good point. All right. What yeah. are people's closing statements? We are really running long the teeth and I want to go get some feet. <laughs> so, uh, mine, anything else you want to say? Um... No, nothing from me. Everything's been uh, greatly put. All right, Stevie? Yeah, I don't think I can really expand on, <laughs> on <laughs> anything the, else. The, the, <laughs> ge- the genius of Hopner. Um, Big T? <laughs> um, I like the deaf girl. I thought she was probably the best actress in this movie. Mm-hmm. Considering how great the cast was, um, I thought she did very well. I thought it was a nice touch to add uh, that conquered sign that he could sign language and yeah. therefore giving him a better form of communication. I like that. Caesar is home. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen them kind of expand on his trust where like, obviously she was kind of, they were kind of using Kong to get to the hollow earth and using her and his trust with her to kind of make him do it. So I would have liked to have seen him maybe Kong realize he's being used and kind of maybe turn on the humans for a little bit, mm-hmm. but that didn't play out. But you know, well, he he did he did a little bit when they turned the guns on the little girl. And he crushed that one heave one or heave heave he uh, heave that they had. Yeah, but I mean, like I wanted him to even lose trust in the girl. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he was like, well. I trusted you and you're just working with these, you're just like another human. Do you know what I mean? Um, I agree. But uh, yeah, they didn't go in that direction. I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, I still enjoyed it. Um, I liked, this is a minor thing as well. Um, Kyle Chandler, the, the actor Kyle Chandler. Um, I liked his inclusion in this movie because he was also in um, King of the Monsters, yeah. but he was also in Peter Jackson's King Kong movie. So, He's been in a King Kong movie, a Godzilla movie, and now a King Kong and Godzilla movie. So I thought that's pretty, pretty cool for him. Um, but yeah, apart from that, man, I, I don't know what much else to say. It is a good movie. I would people are into this thing, and it is exactly what you expected. Um, I think Mecha Godzilla was ruined. The surprise was ruined in the trailers because yeah. I didn't know that was coming until the trailers came out, and people were like, "Oh, if you." If you pause like, it at the spot in the subway here, station, you can see one frame of Mechagodzilla, and I'm yeah. like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that first trailer, oh yeah, yeah, because I fully, I wouldn't have seen that coming. I, unless, like you said, with the whole introduction of Apex and the mechanics mm-hmm. and all that stuff from the beginning, mm-hmm. maybe that would have made me think, okay, is a Mechagodzilla coming? But I would have thought a Godzilla versus King Kong fight would be enough to to hold its own movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But um. Yeah, they, they, uh, for what it is, I did enjoy it. I just think maybe my expectations were too high yeah. and it was too much of a, 
like like I said at the beginning, after King of the Monsters and the scale and the epicness of that, I feel like this was a step down, and the cinematography just wasn't as like some shots of King of the Monsters look like paintings. Do you know what I mean? Like you could hang that shit on your wall. <laughs> Whereas this, um was kind of shot more for just what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though there were some interesting shots, like, there was one bit that made me feel like I was on a ride. Do you know what I mean? Where you come up past Godzilla's, uh, King Kong's mouth, go up his arm, down oh, yeah. Godzilla's face and down his tail. I was like, okay, like, I like that. But I preferred the, the the earlier movie cinematography where it was, like, from from far back and you're just seeing the true scale of them. Do you know what I mean? Like they actually looked like these giant monsters in a in a in a city. Yeah. And whereas this, I don't know. I feel like their movements as well at times, obviously because of their size, they moved quite slowly. But mm. then when it got to the fight, they just seemed to be able to move swift now. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just nitpicking now, but I did really enjoy it. Um, but it wasn't the best of the franchise, which I thought it should be. Mm. All right, Hopnot, any any closing closing words? And we're going to call it a day or a night? I've got a couple, a couple things real quick here. Um, first of all, um, the the heave vehicles um, that they use to go to the Hollow Earth are very much designed after, starting from in the Heisei era, starting in 1984, the Super X, which there are three iterations of... Um, they're very much designed off the initial version of that in Gradual Returns 1984. So that was a nice little callback. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate how Walter Simmons' uh, daughter Mia gets crushed in one of those by Kong so dismissively, where he's <laughs> like, I barely bother to even give a fuck about killing y'all. And I appreciate that because she's just stock villain character, pretty much. Um, I partially disagree with the idea that the cinematography was more or less on point with KOTM. Now, some of the shots, just due to the grandeur of the spectacle, don't feel like they live up, but I feel like the cinematography itself more or less lives up to it with what they got. There are, some amazing, there are plenty of amazing shots in this movie that rival and match KOTMs in terms of like, wow, that is, you could easily just screen cap that and put it as a backdrop on your laptop or computer and it looks great um i have done well i feel like mechagodzilla mechagodzilla is perfectly suited in this particular movie and everything and I, it's a good way to get kong and godzilla to have to work together so that you don't kill either for the concept of moving either which one's uh movie franchise further on if you want to and it's a good way of ultimately you know we have a clear winner. Godzilla wins in Godzilla versus Kong, but then yeah, we have to yeah. team up as well. And it's not in a contrived manner like in Batman v Superman of like, oh well, Kryptonite this to make it so that Superman's weaker. <laughs> no, they both fight at their fullest with Kong even having the superpowered axe, and Godzilla still wins, and that's <laughs> how it should fucking be. Period. End of story. Yeah. But I feel like the movie like I said at the top, embraces the silliness. It doesn't have the majesty and the seriousness of KOTM, which elevates KOTM to easily the best of the, the, this monsterverse. But this one embraces more of the mid-show era silliness of just just go with it. Just have fun. Don't worry about it too much, you know? And 
it doesn't make it a better movie, but it still makes it a very enjoyable movie that fits very much within the franchise and the genre. And it's a strong entry because of that. So I enjoy it, but it's obviously got its problems. And what, what do you think of, um, cause obviously that at the beginning, they've got him encased in that kind of dome thing, uh, which I thought was a nice reveal. I, again, I, I didn't, know that about the movie so when he threw the tree spear and then fucked like fucked it up i was like oh, okay like they've got him in this this thing mm. but that's, then- that's definitely a hand wavy thing because what you're supposed to understand is between the five years of kotm and this uh the fog cloud and storm that stays around the outside of skull island has manifested into a much more super storm could be something that was a result of king Ghidorah's presence as we saw in kotm creates these super storms might have influenced mm. the atmosphere enough to make it a not a ring around Skull Island, but now a permanent above the entire island because it wipes out uh, Gia, the uh, deaf girl's entire tribe, except for her in the mm. interim. And potentially because of the storm, the only way to monitor Kong is to build this enclosure. How they got him inside of it, that's one of those hand-wavy things. Just uh. and don't worry too hard about it. But I appreciate we see Kong in his norm. We see him wake up in the morning, you know, yeah. get the crowd out of his shower. Take a shower, possibly rubs one off during the shower. We don't know. <laughs> and then he gets in his morning exercise by tossing a javelin through the fake construct he lives in, like we all would do if we didn't actually pay for the places that we lived in. Yeah, I appreciate we see Kong in his daily. We see Kong normalized, and that's... Yeah. That's that's a positive as well, you know. And Kong's always a much more relatable character because he's hominid, he's humanoid as an ape. We feel a certain connection with that, so he's much more relatable than Godzilla is ever going to be. Except for me, because and for those who don't know, Godzilla is a raging alcoholic. <laughs> I I have a like twenty five uh, page paper thesis on this one. Uh, I can send it to you if you want to. <laughs> oh, definitely. I would like to read that. <laughs> like I, said. I, I, I like that they used Kong as the kind of protagonist of this movie. Like, in many ways, this was Kong's movie, even though, like, it was like a sequel to Skull Island featuring Godzilla. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Godzilla just kept turning up and doing stuff. Yeah, that's much, much easier to do it that way because Kong is an ape, even hmm. though. Is much again much more relatable to a human being than a giant radioactive lizard. It's <laughs> like that's just what it is, and you know you got to deal with that. And so it yeah. just makes Kong a lot more relatable, and so it makes sense to make him the more protagonist, or at least the one you're following more often. Whereas Godzilla, as they've depicted in these movies, especially, is a bit more of a force of nature character of like, well. You can't really get into his head unless we go to Godzilla vs. God again, 1972, where we literally have talking anime bubbles of him talking with Anguirus about <laughs> this shit, which, you know, there's a certain level of silliness, and then there's that level of silliness. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, no, I, thought it was a bit, I thought it was a bit silly, though, that obviously when I watched the trailers, I always thought that I didn't know Kong was enclosed in this thing. So when I saw the little girl running up to him with the little Kong toy that she had, I was like, okay, like she lives on Skull Island. She's one of the natives or whatever, and she has this connection with him. But to know he's in, he's he's enclosed in this thing, 
and these adults allow this child to go into the enclosure. Do you know what I mean? Harambe got killed for this shit. Yeah, that was even dumb when they let her onto the thing when they were on the ship as well. I was just like, really? And they took on all these missions? I was like, nah, there's, there's no way you're letting like a seven-year-old. To be fair, to the movie's point, we don't know when this uh, relationship between Kong and this girl has been established. It could have been before the storm came in and wiped out the tribe, right? So we don't know. Maybe Kong took her in and looked after her, not because he just felt bad, but because they had a pre-existing relationship. And that's, you know, she's been teaching him sign language before all this happened. We don't know for sure. It's one of those, you can take it and interpret it however way you want to, but I like to think of it that way. It's like, yeah, you know, he... They met each other beforehand. She was teaching him sign language on the sly, on the sl- on the side, and then all this happened and so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah uh, but even even so, like for for the adults to allow her to go in, like maybe if she snuck in, she was sneaking in and having these little meetings with him. But for them to just be like, yeah, sure, go go ahead, go check your mate. Like I, I, I was like, that's pretty like uh, it's not very responsible of these adults. <laughs> but you know. It's, Look, it's a it's a U.S. military operation. We're we don't have the track record. I'm just gonna say that necessarily. <laughs> nah, that's mad. All right, hop not. Where can people find you if they want to listen to you talk more about kaiju's and big giant monsters? Well, uh, you can find me on my podcast, uh, Leftover Army Monsters, giant podcast all out attack. It's part of the Greater Leftover Army podcast feed. All the titles or episodes start with L O M. That's us. Um, you can easily find me on there with my co-host Eric Maripol, Amanda Albers, and my roommate Tara Gibson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Megatron Zero, uh, <laughs> and occasionally I show up on other podcasts like yours um, on The Real Zodiac, on PCL every once in a while, mm. um, uh, School of Movies. Uh, I've been on a couple shows on. I would definitely recommend. It's another British podcast. Go look them up. Um and yeah, it's more or less it. And of course, my Facebook presence—you you can find me if you want to. I don't know why you would, but if you want to, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, cool. Well, can yeah. I just ask? Can I just ask one thing while we've got him here? Because I know Nana's hungry, and boy, you don't want to get in between. Nana will turn into King Kong himself, yeah. right, and end up climbing a building or something. But hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to ask: What's your thoughts on Gino? Uh, it's Godzilla name only is apt. Yeah. yeah. If you have you ever seen Godzilla Final Wars from 2004? Yeah, I like that. I like what they did there. <laughs> there you go. That, you know, that sums up my thoughts. That 30 okay. second fight thoughts pretty well. Now, to be fair, <laughs> Villa, as he's been uh, changed in terms of name, has shown up in a lot of the IDW comics for Godzilla, and they do a decent job of portraying him there to make him not look like a total puss. But the cartoon. Did you ever watch the cartoon? In every way, shape, and form, because it actually made it, first of all, gave the atomic breath back. It was green, yeah. but fair enough. But it was fun, and there's a lot of nods in that cartoon to stuff like Takarada and so forth. So the the series, the cartoon series, it's the same animation style as the late 90s Men in Black animated series. Mm-hmm. It's, it's solid enough. It's pretty solid. For, for having a shit uh, lower entry point of the 1998 movie, 
Alright, we could be here all day. Um and no, I wanna go no, no T shut no, up. No T shut up. No, no. no this isn't this isn't gonna lead anywhere. This isn't gonna lead anywhere. I just oh wanna say gosh. I liked I liked when King Kong shoved his axe in Godzilla's mouth was a nice little I think was a callback to when he shoved the tree yep. in his mouth in the original. I thought that was a nice little funny touch. Absolutely it is. That was kinda of badass, I'm not gonna lie. Alright, Stevie, say bye to the people. <laughs> Stevie? Stevie? Hello? <laughs> yeah, say bye to the people. Hi, goodbye, people. Bye, say bye <laughs> to the people. Bye, everyone, catch you next time. Big T, fuck off. Hopped <laughs> 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 up, thank you very much for joining us this episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> say, bye to, say bye to the people, Hopped <laughs> up. Do you say bye? Often, say bye to the people. Okay, have a good one I'll see you on the flip alright guys thank you very much for joining us this episode I'll have this out later tonight thank you very much for listening um, like share and subscribe bye bye now <laughs>